to our call. Add people to this call. Not the other, not the other Lebowski. Yeah, this Lebowski. The other Jeffrey X. Martin. Millionaire dude. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. The little Xers, uh, uh, urban achievers, perhaps. JJ. Hey. Why didn't you call me? I texted you like you told me to. I s no, no. I said, and I quote. Oh. I'm reading it right now. Did I read this wrong? <laughs> oh, it was going to vibrate? I didn't know that he, he had the capability of taking a call. I said, well, I said, can you call me 10 minutes before we record? I can't answer, but it will wake me up. I'm so used to texting. You said, I'm, sure. I'm so used to texting no you. It's not even it, it's a thing. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I'm so used to texting you. I was like, I'll text her. I think that's what she said. So that is my fault entirely. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I couldn't, honestly, I could not remember what time we settled on because I know we were oh. like back and forth with time. So I was like, well, let me just have him call me. That way, whatever time it is, I'll be up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I really nope. am. I didn't do it. <laughs> He's like, I got no part I of this shit. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. Well, I am. Um... Well, I'm sorry too because I didn't call you. You know. Uh, it's okay. I was running late myself. Oh, well, like like I like I said I like I said I was gonna call you and then I'm a dunce and I was texting you. I was like, well, she, could, she could hear the vibrations. When Brian came and woke me up, I was like, what? I was like, but he was gonna call me, and he's like. And so he's like, well, Lil, here, look at your phone. And then I was like, oh, he texted me. And he's like, well, he's like, you know, these days, he's like, that's. I used to text you. A lot of times people, a lot of times people see call and they think they just automatically text. You know, well, I'm days. just, I've just been so used to texting you because your phone hasn't been working correctly. And then just, you know, I'm so used to like communicating through text that I'm not thinking about calling you. I, that's probably what popped in my brain, you know. That... Well, I mean, I just, I feel, I'm sorry. I feel bad that wow. I made you guys wait. We were, we were having conversations about, you know, life and love and stuff, you know. Oh, and okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know I just now, and it, well, I didn't just now, uh, just, but I just today got the title of the show and when I say I didn't I mean I didn't even get it Brian told Brian was the one who pointed it out because I was like I mean I knew I got that you know oh there were some Jews and Nazis you know at all the movies we were watching but he's like he's like you realize the through line is Lawrence Olivier right and I was like hmm he's like he plays two Jews and the Nazi like oh no that's really clever good for him <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I just was like, oh, that's even better. I just thought of title, but... Oh, it's, it's all... No, that was, it's it's that all... Was really you know, it's funny. I watched all three of them, and I'm like, it never even dawned on me earlier. And in every movie, I'm like, oh, wow, Laurence Olivier is so good in this. Laurence yeah, Olivier think, is so good in this. That's exactly what made him say that, too, because I was like, oh, Laurence Olivier is... <laughs> he's like, yeah. You... <laughs> no, X oh, and I, don't, X... don't worry, it's not just you. <laughs> X and I just twisted. Our brains work the same, basically, you know. Well, I know that you said you what? wanted 
you you did this so you could cover the jazz singer. Yeah, to throw, to throw and, it in there. Yes. So but it's it, it interesting fits. to me. Well, it's interesting <laughs> to me that you started with that film, and this is direction. Oh, I mean. Well, I just, I mean, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's it's interesting that you're that that's where you went with it. It's like, oh, I want to do this movie. Okay, well, what else can we do? Hmm. I mean, because it's very different from the other two films. Mm-hmm. The other two films, I can totally see going together. Um, just because subject matter and tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is totally different. But anyway, okay. I'm sorry. I know you guys waited long enough. So, so you say, Jamie? I don't know. You know. There could be some. You didn't weird... wait long enough. You no, want to not, go back to bed? Not that. Well, if, you're, if you're sleepy, you know it, it's all good. You know. Oh my god. Let me make sure we're recording all the Don't way. Wait now. I've been flapping my gums. I'm awake. Okay, that's that's nice. All right. That's going. I'm going. Whatever. We're all going. All right. Ready to go in three, two. One, hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Cinnamon Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me tonight, or today, this is the. How you doing, sir? Basil, Tov, everyone. Had to be sitting kaddish over these inherently Hebrew movies. Yes, Mazel Tov, indeed, and Chaim. Kind of sounds like Klingon, doesn't it? Just a little bit, you know. Every, every those kind of words, yeah. Just a bit. You think the Klingons were Jews? I'm not sure, man. They, they might have been, like, secret Jews. Like, closeted Jews they didn't want to tell anybody. I, I, I don't know. They have a very elaborate, like, tea ceremony, so I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> and with us, uh, as usual, and hopefully every show, is, is uh, the lovely Jamie Sammons. How are you? Hello, I'm doing great. That's good. And we had a special guest on the show, impromptu, when she was she was feeling dumpy. I was like, hey, you want to be on the show? She said, okay. And I said, hey, Suzanne, how are you? You know. <laughs> I am doing much better today than I have been. That's good. Glad I to heard have... you recently. Oh, God, that was, I have that to was admit, a... that was so much fun. That was a really fun episode. I was I was happy to hear you and on there because I know um see since the last time I recorded with you, the only thing I ever hear you do is the commentary shows and so I didn't even realize you were gonna be you were on that show and then, you know, they introduced you and I was like, Oh, is it I was like, Could it be? And then you I heard you talk and I was like, Oh wow, okay. So <laughs> and then that's one of my favorite movies. So um that was Really, really exciting. Oh, thank you so much. I really had a good time doing it and talking about my my fear of spiders. That whole connection thing with that movie and, and spider incidents, that's really weird. <laughs> oh, very. And I've been terrified since I've watched it that I'm going to go down in the basement. I'm hiding out and I'm going to get chased. <laughs> So, so far, so good, and it's it's freezing out now, so hopefully they're all dead. So, yeah, but it's, war- it's warm in the basement, though. Yeah, my cats suck. <laughs> they just, they, my cats think it's spiders also are, warm like... warm in your skin. Yeah, when he oh, says God, it. stop doing that! 
That one where that that one you were talking about when they were like running across the floor at you while you were trying to record a show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was dying. I was in a meeting. Oh, that's right. It was a yeah. It was an actual business meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I well, okay when I I haven't seen any since I moved up here but when I in Georgia we have wolf spiders all over the place. Oh, I hate those things. And those oh, suckers God. are aggressive. I mean, they are really aggressive. You go, I mean, you get anywhere near them and they rear up and they're like, you know. Yeah. Um and they're huge. And um they used to freak me out. Fortunately, I haven't we have spiders everywhere up here in Michigan. But I've seen none of those. I also haven't seen any black widows, which we have an abundance of down there. So, um, so far, I haven't seen anything poisonous up here. They're just little tiny spiders, but they're everywhere. Those I don't mind. I don't, I mean, I can handle the tiny ones, you know, that's fine. But, like, down there, we had, like, big, nasty, hairy spiders, and they'd come at you. (laughs) Like, wow. Yeah, the wolf spiders are terrifying. And when I was visiting my sister... She lives in Virginia, and she had some people there that were refinishing her cabin. And they're like, oh, yeah, we found a black widow nest. We took care of it. And I'm like, where was it? It was right outside the window of the bedroom I was sleeping in. And I had the window open that night. I'm like, oh, my God, I could have been killed. <laughs> so I, I had to go take a shower because I could not make the heebie-jeebies go away. <laughs> Oh, and the itching, you're itching. <laughs> oh, I, I even start thinking about it, and I just itch. I'm doing that right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I once saw a, um, a documentary about this guy who got bitten by a black widow, and so, and he had to have the treatment, which you can only have once. And he, the rest of his life, every single night of his life, he puts on a headlamp and he goes outside. And so like at night, I don't know if you've ever done this, but take a flashlight outside, spider eyes glow in the earth. They'll like, they shine in the dark. A friend of mine's boyfriend used to go out and look for spiders all the time. I don't know why, but anyway, so this guy, every single night of his life after that, put on this headlamp and went outside and looked specifically for black widows and killed every black widow he could find. Oh God. Well, and I'm party. like, I mean, I get oh, that God. you're upset, you know, <laughs> like, that just seems a little obsessive, you know, um, like, I don't know. That's, you might want some help. <laughs> Cause that's bad. We had a bonfire last summer, and the way the light hit it, we didn't realize that there was a spider, and it started crawling across its web, and the shadow made the spider look like it was four feet tall. I went back in the house. Like, okay, guys, um, party's moving inside. I'm not staying out here. I wish somebody had gotten a picture of that shadow. It was really, really amazing. It actually sounds pretty cool, but, yeah. Hearing about it's all I want to do. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're, we're here, all of us, and I'm going to ask Suzanne what she's been watching lately. Well, I got caught up in The Mindhunter, and then I read the book, That's and I'm so glad that they're going to be doing another season. 
Um, I watched this really bizarre documentary called The Killing of America. Very bleak. Very. I think I'm just going to go revisit tonight. I've had it for a while. I'm going to watch the Poughkeepsie tapes. Nice, nice. I hear good things about it, but that sounds like something I'm not really into, but I might give it a watch anyway one of these days. But, um... Oh, okay. I really like Poughkeepsie tapes. I'm really looking forward to watching it. I've heard nothing but good about it. Uh, it's one of those, it's very polarizing, and it, I know certain, a bunch of people who, like, either you, like, they really like it or they really don't. I happen to fall on the really do side, although it's been several years since I've seen it, so, um, and I've only seen it once, but um, I just, I liked it a lot when I did. Uh, Mindhunter, oh my god, that's incredible. I love, I love that show so much. And Brian had read the book. I have not. So. I uh, blew through the book in a few nights. I couldn't put it down. It's just that whole thing was really, was really fascinating to me. And it was fun because I'm kind of a serial killer enthusiast. Um, <laughs> um, as, as dark as that sounds, I guess. But it's, it was fun for me because, you know, whenever they would, he, they would start talking to someone or talking about someone you know, I'm like, oh, that's so and so, and oh, and it just, it was, it was neat. It was kind of like when you watch Scream, asking her the trivia questions, and like, you know the answers, and um, it's like, oh, it's speaking to me, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't wait for the second season of that. I'm really so good. happy that it got a second season. I, I did my best not to blow through the whole whole thing in like four nights. But I ended up, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, it's five in the morning. I should go to bed. Now yeah, let me watch one more episode. No, no, let's examine that statement that Suzanne made about, I couldn't put it down. I breezed through it in about three nights. Now, did she stay up three straight days to read that book, or was she procrastinating? That's us, that's us busting your ball. Yeah. I was, I, was expecting <laughs> to, I was expecting to get a laugh out of Jamie. It didn't. It just fell flat. That's okay, though. I'll just be happy I was sleeping. But Jamie, what you been watching? Um, well, I did watch Mindhunter. Um, <laughs> and other than that, hmm, I'm drawing blank. I can't. Uh, I've been watching this show, Ghosted, on Fox, and we started watching it because it's a supernatural show. Uh, and we figured, well, we'll check it out because of uh, evil episodes. And, and if it's, you know, if it's good, we'll keep watching it. And then, you know, we can talk about it on the evil episodes. I don't know if Mike's been watching it or not, but we have. And it's interesting. It's, um, <laughs> Fester is going crazy. Um, we, uh, it's Craig Robinson and Adam Scott. And it's basically a, paranormal sitcom where it's, it's kind of like an X-Files, but it's a comedic X-Files and it's only half an hour and uh, they play, they are investigators who investigate par the paranormal and they work for this bureau. And it's funny because it's, um, you know how the first season of a show 
it kind of feel it or it can feel um like fledgling it can feel like it doesn't exactly know what it is yet or like people aren't completely comfortable in their roles and a lot of times you may not even realize that until several seasons later if you go back and watch the first season you realize whoa like I this I mean I'm surprised I watched this because they're not uh you know they don't really kick in until they get into the second season I kind of feel it's like that because it's it there are some funny moments like I have laughed a lot most of it due to Craig Robinson. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's not, I can't really say it's, Hey, this show is so good. Cause I really don't feel like it is, but I'm also at that point where I've watched so many episodes that I can't stop. Well, I hear <laughs> so, that they got uh, a new weird. show. I don't know what's going on with that, but that, that's um for what I read on the internet, that that's what happened with that show. Oh wow! Okay. Um, Better, I don't know, but yeah, I just I feel like I want them to kind of settle into who they are, and they're they're. I mean, Adam Scott and Craig Robinson are great. It's not them, you know. It's just that the the writing could be better. Mm-hmm. I um, but I I want to like it because I really like them, and I do. I'm kind of attached to it, but I'm not. I'm just at the same time, if someone were to force me to stop watching and I'd be okay with that, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of weird. I'm in, I'm in this weird, but I've not heard any one talk about it. I haven't heard not one person say anything about it. So I'm, I was kind of like, am I the only one comes on the time slot is directly after the Simpsons. So I don't know, maybe I am the only one because I don't think anybody watches the Simpsons anymore. Well, so I don't. I think like thirty-three seasons can, 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 can prove you wrong there, girly. You know, somebody's still watching <laughs> that show. Well, somebody is, but I maybe I just don't know any of them. I don't know. Well, I started watching it, and I kind of feel the same way you do. It just. I... Doesn't seem to have a a good flow. I'm hoping that they get some better writers. Because I, I do, I love Craig Robinson and Adam Scott's, but I just couldn't get past the first few episodes because the writing just grated my last nerve. Yeah, and that's a shame to me because, like, like I do really love. They're the ones that are keeping me watching the show because I want. I, I'm the kind of person that I feel guilty. If someone's career, I feel really bad if they don't get credit for me watching the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's, I, I feel like that attachment to a few actors myself. It's like I, I love Bill Murray, but I can't stand Lost in Translation. That's what we people enjoy that I do not like, you know? I like Lost in Translation. I absolutely hated Rock the Casbah. It was <laughs> not a good movie, but it was... Oh, God. What else, Jamie? Anyway, um, that is pretty much where I've, I mean, I know there's been other stuff, but I don't know. Lately, I watched a bunch of movies with some Jews. Nice. <laughs> wow, so did I. <clears throat> what a coincidence. How did that happen? It's all those juvies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we're all going to hell for that. Oh, oh my gosh. X, what you been watching, sir? Not much of anything, really. Um, old wrestling as usual. Iron Chef Japan, because that's fun. I, I, I watch that to go to sleep. Oh, God, um, I love that. Right? I mean, nothing helps you get to sleep like watching somebody tear apart a skull. So. Yeah, I know. It's it's mesmerizing. But I don't know. Predator movies, which, you know, nothing I can say about that that hasn't already been said, except, holy shit, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem is even worse than I remember. Oh, it's bad. It's so dark. Not like, oh, it's so dark in tone. It's just lit. No, it's dark lit- as in... Yeah, like, who is that? What is going on? I can't see shit. It's it literally like, like a like a, like a it's like a ninety year old trying to watch a Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie. What is it? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and that's about it. Oh. oh, I thought the two other movies that I really want to pimp. Go ahead. Um, one was called Hell House LLC. Found footage. Not a huge fan of found footage. Love it. I know. I, I actually love paused, that movie. I had to pause the movie. I got a little freaked out, and I went and made sure all my doors were locked. I almost didn't watch it because a found footage, b clowns do nothing for me. But damn, that was a great movie. And I enjoyed it. One... Oh, um, you know that that scene. What really got me was that there's a scene where someone is looking for someone. I'm not. I'm trying not to give too much away. They're looking for someone, and then they kind of look in the doorway. Not them standing in the doorway. Does that? Oh, that was creepy. I thought that was really good. Like that. That particular scene was so well done, and I was like, "Whoa, well done, movie!" (laughs) Yeah, and what I liked. Another thing I liked about it was just the way that the dummies, the clown dummies. Just you didn't even notice it until you noticed it, and that was really unnerving to me because it, it was so subtle. I mean, whoever the guys that did this did a fantastic job. And the other one is Among the Living. Love the guys that did it. They did Inside. They did Livid. Then they did Leatherface. But Among the Living once again. <laughs> They have a, one movie of theirs I haven't seen. It's pretty much, you know, the, the standard disturbing imagery, lots of gore, but they did something that rarely happens for me. I was rooting for people to live. What is that? And Ooh, I like that. I It doesn't happen for me very often. It's like five minutes into the movie, it's like, okay, kill everybody. And this one, I just was invested in the characters in a really short period of time. So if you get a chance, check out Among the Living. It's on Shutter. Great. Oh, very cool. So it is accessible for everybody to watch, usually. Um, me, myself, I, I've been watching some stuff. I watched Better Watch Out with the NFW guys. That, that and was, girl, and, and, and well, and gal. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you, you gotta have thicker skin, Suzanne. When you go on that show, you know. 
He's screaming. Oh, I know. He's, Believe he's, me, I do. You guys scream into the microphone like like I do. He's just and they make a song clip out of it. That's another story. But it's it's okay. I mean, I I didn't like it as much as a lot of folks are, are pimping it and saying that they, they, they it's like the best thing since like, new holiday films come out. They they go oh it's like, this is like the greatest thing. I was like no, it's just it's just it's just kind of there. If you haven't, there were aspects that were good, but the rest of the movie was pretty easy to follow. They didn't bring anything new to the table. Not really. I, I was kind of expecting a funny games in a way from the way the plot was going but it, it really didn't happen if you ever heard of it it's about uh two friends who attempt tortures things towards her but they end up doing stuff to her boyfriend they have a, a home alone gag in there which turned out really stupid because the blood looks like ketchup and mustard and um I, I just didn't like it very much, and they had a really stupid bump around there, and or yeah, he didn't finish the job, so guess what? Bumper, for no reason at all, just there. Enjoyed. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was feeling down one day, so I needed a little cage therapy, so I watched Con Air for no good reason, and that's always a good time. Um, I never seen Last American Version, so I, I fired up my, my, my television and I, I watched that for the first time. That lovely canon fair with Teddy Bear from Nightmare 4 and Diane Franklin. Era to where all those those crazy teen sex comedies were in it. It felt it felt like that too. But with a real 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 shitty ending for your male lead, you know. Uh uh, Voodoo gifted us with the, the, the unrated version of Semi-Pro, which is a film I, I herald. In, in, if you like Slapshot, it's, it's kind of like Will Ferrell's attempted Slapshot, but with basketball. And I think it really works as a film. And not, not a lot of folks have seen it. And I think it's really funny. So you guys check that out. Uh, what else? A lot, a lot of DC Universe TV, you know, I mentioned that, but they, they just had their big crossover event, and it worked out a lot better than their last crossover event, because it was a lot more fun and a lot more cohesive, and it makes you like Supergirl, which I'm not a big fan of on any of those TV shows, so th there's that on there. And, uh, oh, I watched Jim and Andy, the, the... I forget the whole title. Something something involving Tony Clifton with a legal obligation. Tony Clifton is a super long title to it, but the documentary on Netflix about um, Jim Carrey's d delving into Andy Kaufman all full 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 thrust, and then making a man on the moon. And uh, this is this is a documentary that has split folks down the middle to where they think. He was really being a comedic genius by mirroring and mirroring Andy Kaufman, or was he just being a giant asshole on purpose? I, I'm I'm split between those parties because I think he just wasn't you know he was playing really. Oh, no, decide! I can't just because there's really there's really touching Damn stuff it. towards the end <laughs> that make you think otherwise, like him talking to Andy Kaufman's daughter. As Andy, because she never got to meet her father, 
and that that was a really touching moment of the documentary. It really, it really, you know, took it really took it to another place to say, you know, maybe he's not such a bad guy because he's doing this for Andy Kaufman's daughter. It's a little strange, but it's not as strange as Peter Cushing in Star Wars Rogue One, you know, all, <laughs> all hologrammed out and stuff. And ugh. I was what happy about to Nat King Cole. <laughs> Unforgettable. <laughs> Yes, indeed. About yeah, Lawrence Olivier and Sky Captain. <laughs> Why white boy is always going to bring up Sky Captain for him? I'm just throwing it out there, okay? Just <laughs> you, the witch. Uh, I don't know who else. That's about it, though. You and the witch. <laughs> well, that's two. That's two white boys. That's two. Uh, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I, I know the, I know the movie very well, and I'm, I can't think of anything from that film that would make me think he was being an asshole well it, it was it, it was all a documentarian uh, on set to to, to, to like uh <laughs> that's a that's a that's a uh jab at suzanne by the way if you guys don't yes know. i know thank you <laughs> documentary but yeah they had somebody filming all this on set you know to make something out of it but it was locked away for like 20 years because the producers of the film were too afraid if people if people saw it they would think Jim Carroll was like a like a giant asshole they would they wouldn't they wouldn't want to go see his movie so they finally let him have all this footage and so it's a mixture between this footage and him like talking you through it like in a chair like today Jim Carrey talking you through it so that's the reason why this footage was never seen because he's playing oh. he's playing a so method that he essentially he became Andy Kaufman I get it. Okay, so it's like behind the scenes stuff. That, yes. And so, all right. Okay, that makes sense. So I wouldn't think that because I've never seen it. So, <laughs> so okay. It's, it's, well, because I recommend watch, watch 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 Man on the Moon first if you ever seen it before. That's we have, we have that, and then watch this, and I think you you you'd appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Love his portrayal in the film. I. So I don't know anything beyond that, but I I really love that movie, and I think he nailed it. I was actually watching, coincidentally, some clips of Andy Kaufman probably about a week ago, and it was some of the same stuff that Jim Carrey had done in the film, and I was just, wow. Like, he just, he killed it. Like, I don't know. It kind of blows me away how perfect he was in that role and i well, happen to be an like him. yeah oh god yeah it was insane. it was weird it was so weird it was one of those documentaries oh kind of like uh jim morrison and and or i'm sorry um van van helsing val kilmer in in the <laughs> van halen where like there's they're so yeah right <laughs> they're so spot on that after you watch the documentary that's how you picture the actual person from then on so like whenever now whenever any whenever i think of jim morrison i think of a val, val kilmer, kilmer as jim morrison because <laughs> it was oh, just good. so once again so glad it's not just me oh yay <laughs> so yeah i mean he it was that's the way i felt about jim carrey and andy kaufman and um, I'm actually an Andy Kaufman fan. I that he was very funny, and um, like I, 
I don't know. That's the kind of that's the kind of assholeish sense of humor that I can really get behind. <laughs> it was the like problem. A, with, the, the, the problem with Andy Kaufman is it was a little bit before my time, as far as it was around when I was alive, but it's not something I was watching. You know. Oh well, me too. I mean, after yeah. the fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. As a kid, I don't remember. I remember seeing him, and I only really have vivid memories of him from like Taxi. Mm-hmm. But you know, for instance, when he was trying, when he was showing the studio execs, uh, you know, he wanted to do the show, and then he wanted to like mess up the TV in the middle and make people think that there t- there was something wrong with their TV, and they were like, "No, you can't do that. They'll turn the channel." And I was thinking, "That's fucking hilarious," you know, like I would love that it's kind of like i'm also one of the one of the people who thought it was fucking hilarious when south park for april fool's day showed you instead of showing you the second part of the the cartman story they showed you the it was the whole episode based on i'm not, I was about to say not without my anus with terrence and philip <laughs> terrence and philip yeah and uh at the time like we were all waiting for the Cartman episode, and so at the time when that aired, I was like, "This is brilliant!" Like I was, I was, I just thought it was hilarious, and everybody's so damn mad. And I was like, "What are you? Why are you mad? This is funny." <laughs> but eh, anyway, so I'll check that out. Is the short and is the long and short of that? It's, yeah, it's, sitting in my queue. It's really a lot of folks. Well, like I said, split camp. Who said, oh, this guy's just a giant asshole. The people say, wow, that, he was a giant asshole. But then again, in the end, it was really endearing. So I'd like to know what your opinion is. You should let me know that. So I appreciate that. Well, if I still have any gas in the tank after I watch my two movies tonight, I'll probably be pretty hammered by that time, but I might give it a whirl. Dang. And uh, that's about it for me. I, there's been other stuff, too, that I could probably mention. Well, yeah. Joysticks, I watched that too, like right after Last American Virgin, because I need another sex comedy in my life, I guess. Well, that in a, in a way, there's video games with sex comedy mixed in there. And oh, John... Gary, come on. You're not going to talk about elves? Well, we did watch elves, yes. I, I'm sorry. But I, I, I graded this film much higher than they did, because I think it's a superb piece of cinema that needs a Blu ray release. But, uh, just Dan Haggerty and. Incest it's Grizzly Adam. He's, I, I don't care what... I know it, that's his real name, but he will always, till the day I die, be Grizzly Adams. That, yep, that's that's the only thing I ever think of when I think of Dan Haggerty. And God, that movie's terrible. I did not like it. Oh, God. It, was, it wasn't <laughs> even fun. They no. had swing different things into the mix to see what would stick, and it was a mess. A mess that I rated 7.5 out of 10 people. Oh! Oh my god! <laughs> I gave it a three. Insane. And I wanted to rate it higher because Grizzly Adams was in it, but I just I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Grizzly Adams, man, I used to love that show. I wanted to be him. Oh no, I, I did too. I wanted a bear. I wanted to live out in the wilderness. I and, wanted an uh, old man to be my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can have I mean, that now. They, they they call that a sugar daddy, Suzanne, you know. <laughs> I don't remember what show I brought this up on, but when I was <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, from because of Grizzly Adams, my friends and I decided we wanted to be blood sisters. Nice. And so, but we didn't want to cut ourselves, so <laughs> each one of us picked a scab. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought so this like, store. I thought this store was going a whole different direction. I'm just gonna throw oh, it out no, no, there. No, I was a kid. My but but mine was on my knee. My other friend, she had one on her elbow. <laughs> so we're like on the playground at school picking. Our- <laughs> oh, that's so gross when I think about it now. But it, when we were kids, it made total sense. <laughs> and that's how Jamie became the subject of an after-school special. Incidentally, one of those blood sisters of mine, she, you know, we're still best friends. She was, uh, she was the maid of honor at my wedding. So, there you go. I thought she said she died because you know that would have been like that would have been a perfect, a perfect bookend <laughs> to to uh, this after school special if she passed away from blood poisoning. You know. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out she was a hemophiliac, mm. and that was a bad that was a bad day on the playground. <laughs> that was a bad scene, huh? That was a bad call, Ripley. Bad call. That's a oh, film. God, that's a that film Jamie hates. See, right there. You know, it's one word. It's W A N N A. Arts and crafts. Oh yeah, they um, they sit around and they only eat marshmallows and tell stories. I guess I don't know what else you can do because I'd be you can't swim. You might cut yourself on a rock. Oh, yeah. You know you can't. <laughs> Safe. Shaving, <laughs> splinter repair, you know. But their 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 wood burning skills are on tight though, because you know if they they cut themselves, they could solder that shit right away like fucking Jedi, just you know, be all set, you know. Oh, man, I'm I'm done, man. I'm done. <laughs> now we're on to everybody's favorite section of the show. Called the Beef Bitches and Mashed Potatoes. Suzanne, you are our guest. Oh. Way too many to list. Oh, the prospect of moving again. Not really making me very fucking happy, but I don't really have much of a choice if it comes down to that. Um, still hate the grocery store. Yeah, the grocery store sucks. I really need to podcast myself when I go grocery shopping. It People just annoy the fuck out of me there. And yeah, I mean, yesterday I was in just so much pain with my back. And everything I need is on the top shelf. And of course, I had to go the half and half I'd like. There was, like, one all the way in the back on the top shelf. It's kind of a hook to slide it down. And someone was like, are you almost done? I was like, like, wait your fucking turn. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, I was I was in absolute agony yesterday, and I was not putting up with anybody's bullshits. That is so and rude. I- not oh, even people- a hey, can I help you get that? I mean, because clearly, it's it's a process. Oh yeah, and the fact that I had to make tools to try to pull the damn there was one all the way at the freaking back. Don't they make those things so they they should slide better? But I was just I was pissed, and if I wasn't hurting so bad, I was going to ram her cart. And over. <laughs> I think when we were- we were Thanksgiving shopping. Pat did one better. Um, 
every time I I tried to grab something, this woman kept moving her cart. (laughs) So I couldn't get to it. And I I said, excuse me. And then she she pretty much left her cart, walked down the aisle. So Pat took her cart and shoved it with her purse in it. I'm hoping someone stole that purse because that bitch deserved it. Man. I have and so, that's... <laughs> sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I have so many grocery store bugaboos, it's not even funny. Old folks who stand in the same place as the meat department and or the produce department when all I want is a fucking green pepper and possibly some Italian sausage. Uh, people oh, should... That's up there. People, shitty kids in general. I, I swear, I've seen these the shitty kids in the, in the parking lot at the grocery store. One of which was riding, and I was just just standing there, wait for it, wait for it, waiting for the kid to flip over the basket. I was just waiting for it, you know. It didn't happen, so I was very disappointed nonetheless, but you know. But, um... Oh. And those little kitty carts... Yeah. How many times I've been rammed by those fucking things? Uh, I'm sorry, no, those things have to go. I've I've grabbed one of those and say, you know, I don't have enough space for all my stuff in here, and, I, and you don't. It, I don't see the point. I just need a, oh, cu- I, and I I just need a couple of things, you know. And, you know, the little kitty carts, the ones for the kids. Oh yeah. Oh God, I hate those. <laughs> I've the... got. I've walked out of the grocery store bruised from my knees down. And most of the parents won't even discipline their kid. You ram me with that fucking thing. About ready to take that cart and ram it up your mom's tight ass. You know what my reward is? Going into Target like and sitting in like the the food area to, to where you get like hot pretzels and shit. And just looking at the discipline. <laughs> I'm sorry, when I was a kid, they never took us Christmas. <laughs> shopping with them okay we always went someplace else and they got what they wanted to get for us so just the, of look, course, of, the, the, mean... the look of disappointment on these children's faces is my, is my reward i guess you know for all that shit suzanne you and i should go shopping together because <laughs> <laughs> that would be any that would be an event i think mean, <laughs> i get i sometimes i get so frustrated and it's just people just do the stupidest things like i Someone will be walking along perfectly normal, and then they just slow to barely a crawl. And I'm see, I, I, I pull the cart, I pull the cart over. What I pull are you the doing? Cart and then they're for that conversation. I don't understand you know, it either. Way off to the side. If I have to talk to somebody that bad, oh, there's another one. I, I live in a very white suburban neighborhood where a lot of folks know each other, and you could tell because they stop everything or two. To have a whole conversation that they could have had an hour from now on the telephone. Oh, God, I hate that shit. It's like, <laughs> move to the side. And and the other day, and they were doing that thing where one's on one side of the aisle and the other's on the other side of the aisle, so you're forced to go between them. And But they were standing close enough together to where you had to get their attention. And, through, and he's like, and he said, excuse me. And uh, I just pushed right on through, and I said really loud. I was like, I don't say excuse me to people who are blocking the aisle. And I and I don't, because as far as I'm concerned, you're the asshole in this scenario. I'm not asking your, for your permission to go somewhere that I have, that I'm supposed to be able to go. You get the fuck out of my way. That's how that works. Fuck yeah. And, 
kids um that i had this one kid oh my god one time this kid was running all over in the in the grocery store he comes out runs smack into my cart like head first into my cart and then starts crying tell me yeah he started crying and he he did (laughs) and his mom looks at me with this look of horror and i looked at the kid and i said watch where you're going and i kept on going (laughs) i'm like don't look at me this is your kid's fucking fault. They need to watch where they're going. Hopefully they'll learn something from this incident. And it's not that I'm being mean. You know, I need, they need to learn that they need to watch where they're going. And I'm like, I, I have no sympathy for that. You hurt yourself. And uh, <laughs> the Don't look of horror bastard. that was on her face. <laughs> I was just like, I, you know, no, you're not getting anything out of me. I'm definitely not apologizing. Because I didn't move. The kid ran into me. So, fuck off. I'm an angry person sometimes. <laughs> um, it's like I, I, I blow up it, and I love this. About every two, three times I go to the store, there is someone haggling over the price of a fucking banana. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not what that says on the tag. It's per pound. Well, that's not what it said. It's called... <laughs> I never... Are, are you literate? Do you know how to read? And they will stand there arguing over a fucking penny. Like, oh my God, I've got like 60 bucks worth of shit here that's going to fucking melt and go bad if you don't move along from your fucking penny beef. <laughs> uh. no, me personally, I've been in the grocery store with Jeffrey X. Martin and I don't think he, he, he's too, he, was, he wasn't too angry that one time I was in there, but I don't know... Uh... If he has any grocery store beefs or, you know, wants to squash some beefs, literally, with the squash <laughs> and the beef, you know. Jeffrey X, how do you feel at the grocery I like, store? I like the grocery shop. <laughs> I enjoy it. That's like, um, that's an excursion for me. I would enjoy it if other people weren't together. there. <laughs> it's the other people that piss me off. But I can see you being very chill. I can see you just kind of, just... You know, being in your own Zen world, doing your thing, well, not one. Mean... You and Pat should go shopping together. Yeah. Are you are you checking it twice? Yeah. Okay. Because Pat likes to go up and down each and every aisle. I have my list, and I have the map in my head. I'm going, I'm getting these what? items, and these items only. There will be no straying from the list, but Pat wants to go up and down every well, single. Something might look good, like that Pepperidge Farm layer cake or some shit. Come on, girl, you know? Oh, I can't no, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm also the same way when I do my Christmas shopping. Like, I know what I'm exactly what I'm getting for everyone when I... Yeah. My, my roommate <laughs> that I used to, um, she used to be my roommate, she would take, she would go up and down every single aisle. And I'm not kidding and I'm not exaggerating. One day in Walmart, we spent eight hours in oh, Walmart. God. And I was, I was about to set her on fire. And I was like, <laughs> We need to get out of here now. I'm going insane. You could have had a fucking job here long enough to get paid. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, 
we we just shopped for an entire shift. <laughs> I need to go home. And so um it was it was bad. At everything. Every freaking thing he likes to stop and look at. I'm in and out. I want I want to get there and I want to go. You realize that most men in this world, myself included, are like big children, right? We just like to look at things and, you know, see what it's all about. To do, do, do I need stuffed breadsticks in my life? Probably not, but they probably taste good, so let's try them, you know. It could be good, you know. <laughs> No, Brian's even worse than I am, so that that actually works out for me. He starts getting antsy if we're if I look at something longer than a couple minutes. Uh, so I always have to if I know that there's something I need to take time looking at, I always have to give him something else to do. I'm always like, you know what? Why don't you go to the other side of the store and you and go you try to pick out whichever whatever you want and then come back and and then I'll be ready. And <laughs> because I have to keep him busy because he gets upset. <laughs> If we're in one. It's like, here's a yo-yo and a quarter for the gumball machine. Go to town, Brian. <laughs> I do that with Pat. I'm like, oh, thank God. There's a long line at the meat counter. Baby, why don't you go grab a number? I'll go grab a couple of things off the list. So he'll stand there and he'll meander and he'll look and he'll look some more and he'll look some more. Then he'll go over and look at the other side. Well, I have already picked up every other thing take my own basket with me because I, I had, you know, both arms out holding onto, you know, milk half and half, you know, a bag of rice, chocolate chips, two bags of potato chips. And he's still standing there. You got to keep up the illusion though. You can't hurt his feelings, you know? Oh, I know. I would never, ever do that. <laughs> um, X, well, you got any beef, sir? <laughs> After all the talk about the grocery store just now? Sorry, I... Mean, what's, the, what's, what's the point now? I mean, <laughs> no, no, really. It's cool. I don't, usually, I don't usually have a whole lot of beef, and when I do, it's a big screaming rant. All right, man. Cool. JJ... Honestly, again, I think I've actually beefed about this in the past, uh, like a while back. But, again, people are still driving in the turn lane. You know, I've complained about it before, and nobody seems to be listening. And that they're pissing me off because, you know, they're, they're they're in the turn lane. They're driving down the turn lane. They've got their turn signal on. So they clearly want to come over, but they won't stop moving and wait for traffic. And I'm just like, if you keep pace with me, you will never get over. Stop driving in the turn lane. What are you doing? Like, I don't understand that. I don't get it at all. And it's either they're driving in the turn lane or they won't get in the fucking turn lane when they have to turn. And so they'll just hold up traffic in the regular lane. And then when they can turn, then they'll get in, they'll move over into the turn lane and then turn. I experienced that the other day. And like, do you think that lane, what do you think that's for? Like, what, what? It's, they didn't paint it there for their amusement. Get your ass over there. (laughs) So I just, um, yeah, I I don't get it. I don't get these people who won't stop moving and stop moving. If you stop moving, there will be a gap, and then you can get in. If you're keeping pace with the car next to you, you will never get over. That's, that's just, I don't get it. So, 
uh, when I'm driving, I, 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 I feel the same way. And we've got like this little stretch that's 55 and there are people that will do 40. And of course I can't get around them, but I mean, most, I lose my shit in the car when I really, once again, when I want to blow off steam, I either go to the grocery store or go take a drive. And, well, Gary's ridden with me, and I do create new curse words when I'm driving. Well, there's there's that, you know. That's fine. It's just part, it's just part of your charm, that's all, you know. Aw. I knew there was some charm in here somewhere. Yes. <laughs> I have surprised so many people who, like, know me, and then they'll, then they'll drive with me, and they're like, damn, uh, you know <laughs> Um, I used to, when I was with Patrick, and he was from Brooklyn, and the first time he ever drove with me, he was like, shit, are you sure you're not from New York? Nice, <laughs> <laughs> but you put you in the car, you're very angry. <laughs> like, well, because, yeah, and it's mainly just common courtesy. You know, the other day I was, ta- I, we were had to go to the UPS store, and there's like a one-way... You turn, you have to go around the building and then go one direction to get to the place. And they designed it that way. And then you have to go around the building, but you know, that's, that's the way it's designed. That's what you do. So I go around the building. I'm coming around to come to my parking spot and this fucker pulls in or going the wrong, and he, so he's going the wrong direction. And so he's coming at me, and I'm like, you're going the wrong way, asshole. You're going the wrong way, asshole. Now, he had to actually go around a median to do this. I mean, he, you, have to, you have to plan out doing it wrong. You can't just do it by accident. And then he goes to park, so he cuts me off to park, and he parks crooked in the space because he's coming from the wrong direction. And then he just leaves it, which fucks up my parking. And I'm like, dude. What the fuck? And then he gets out of his car and he looks at, he actually gets out, looks at where, how he parked and says, yeah, it'll do. And then walks in the store and I'm just sitting there. Like, oh, I would have beat his ass. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> You are an asshole. I've got this steel, it's, it's like a steel dowel. I would have just gone off on his car. <laughs> Fortunately, I, because that would that I would be in so much trouble if I acted on everything I wanted to do all the time. But oh, I know. I'm glad I have uh, impulse control, but I have no filter when it comes to my mouth. And I'm realizing it. The things I think I say in my head actually come out of my mouth. Yes, at the at the <laughs> wonderful Christmas party, I'm like, I, I don't know how that person ties their shoes. I thought it, and then I said it. <laughs> it's like Fox where they uh, said, turn the lights off, but you won't even know it. Turn the lights off, you know. <laughs> turn the lights off. Yeah, yeah, my beef isn't so severe, besides the whole diatribe about the grocery store, but it's more stuff that I see every day in entertainment that bothers me, like this this forcegasm of Star Wars fans that just eating up everything they're going to put out. I'm, I'm not one of those people. I mean, it took me like th- two years to watch Rogue One. Because I wasn't terribly excited about it. And I'm not really terribly excited about this Last Jedi movie either that's coming out. And 
it's there, you know. I'm going to see it eventually, but it's just a big old rehash for every, every, well, parts of it is, I'm sure. But, you know, the, the parts that I've seen, it just it just feels that way. Like, The Force Awakens is a big old rehash of, of the, very, the very first Star Wars film. And, um, I could take it or leave it. I, I could, I, D- Disney owns it now, so they I wish they'd make some of the more interesting stuff canon, like some stuff from the books and stuff from the comic books and, you know, stuff like that, but they're not going to do that. It's like squandering a great resource and just dumping on it to give us, you know, Ray, who's fine, but I'm not really feeling it all the way. And, um... I just, I'm just not really feeling it right now. I mean, people, people would say, "Oh, what about that Marvel stuff they keep putting out?" Well, that that keeps being funny and progressive. I saw Thor Ragnarok and I couldn't stop laughing because they keep, they did, they did something where they took two Thor films that are are pretty boring in general compared to the other stuff, and they kind of turned it into a comedy by giving it to the guy that made um what we do with the Goldblum's on point. They make some funny jokes in there that really work and land and. It really revitalized that that particular opinion, but it's too much. Too much Star Wars could be a bad thing, in my opinion. You're getting it in, in spades. You get a, a, a Star Wars television show that's coming, I guess, and prequels and more sequels. But I just, I just. Anybody else feel this way? There's just Star Wars overload right now in your lives, or. Just me. The movie's not even been released yet, and they have all of these toys already on the shelf. Well, that's that's marketing, Suzanne. They're gonna sell them toys anyway, so they're just they're just there. Oh, I know. I mean, it's it, it pretty much goes with everything now. That's what yeah. Going I on. still haven't seen. Uh, I still haven't seen the the last one. The I means like, do you care if I watch it without you? Know, I was like, no. I'm just. I'm just kind of done. You know, I, I was a big fan of the original stuff and, and I even got involved when the like Phantom Menace and stuff came out, even though, ooh, um, I was, a, I really enjoyed Revenge of the Sith. Like I, I did really, I liked that movie a lot. And, and then when I was just like, eh, I really just, I'm not, I just don't care. Like, I really, I just don't. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't begrudge anyone else being like big fans and being excited about it. You know, do I mean, that's cool. If you know, if you're excited, be excited. I'm just not. So, yeah. No, I, I know X is a big Star Wars fan, you know, and, and what do you think of all this Star Wars overload? I, uh, the way I think about it, what do you think about it, sir? I don't really think it's that much of an overload. I mean, shit. It. They'll sell Star Trek toys. Yeah, hey, there's a new Star Trek series. Yeah, there's another movie coming out soon. I'm sure. Yeah, but those are properties sure. you could sell. It's a Valerian film that nobody saw. So, which, which is the sh- I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I I heard that. That was the most I beautiful I cinematic tell you it's experience. Bad. It's uh, just you know. Either. Like it could be the greatest thing you've ever seen. I don't know. You know. I mean. I guess everything can be overhyped to an extent, but I still like the Star Wars stuff, so I'm, you know, I'm good. 
Fair enough. <laughs> I know I said like relocated. I it's okay. I'm not. I'm just you know. I don't. I, I will. I will see the last Jedi, just like I saw the Force Awakens in Rogue One. So because I like that story and want to see it continue. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now what's now, you know, it's the Lord of the Rings Amazon series that I'm curious about because I want to see how that... We'll see how that pans out for them. Right on. He just wants to see Tom Bombadil in a movie. That's that's a, on a show. That's all he wants to see, man. I didn't even know who Tom Bombadil was until my wife told me. <laughs> I was totally like okay a... with them leaving that out it's... of the, out of the uh, Peter Jackson films. I was like, oh, thank God, because that to me is the worst part of the book but i know a lot of people really love that part but it bored the crap out of me <laughs> it just sounds like a matthew mcconaughey character like <laughs> like i was kind of picturing woody harrelson it's like, it's like hey <laughs> hey strata you want these hobbit swords it'd be a lot cooler if you did man you know <laughs> okay i'm done it's a bad joke <laughs> <laughs> Now, when the first installment of The Hobbit, the, the the first installment of the movie series, I could read the book in less time than it took for them to tell the first part of The Hobbit. I'm like, oh, my God, who whose yeah. heart on am I looking at right now? Oh, Peter Jackson's. <laughs> you know, what's funny is we're going we just last week started going through the series uh just because and so we started with the hobbit and we're gonna go hobbit 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 and then you know fellowship two towers return of the king and so we got through the first one and i said i was like wow they are really lucky they did lord of the rings first because if this had been what he did coming out of the gate i don't think the other movies ever would have gotten made because it was so it was so boring. Well, the, the it was other, so much walking. The, the, it was the, just walking. The other, the other parts were better than that first part. If that. If oh that yeah. Well, then we did. watched. Yeah, then we watched the desolation of Smaug, and that was so good compared to uh, compared to an unexpected journey. And you know, and then you notice too that he introduced like Legolas and stuff, which I don't really think was necessary if the rest, because even you take him out in the rest of the movie because there was stuff happening. There was, there were things going on and, um, and then, you know, the Smaug, um, that was, I love that part. That was so good. But, you know, you kind of notice he interjected Legolas or Legolas didn't even really belong just because people knew that character. Like I got the feeling that this was, it was like, oh, you kind of you heard what people were saying, did you, or <laughs> or something? Um, yeah, the best it, adaptation of the Hobbit was the cartoon movie they did in the seventies. Oh yeah, I yeah, still own some, that song. So I have it too. Oh yeah, uh, the, uh, the America sound. Somewhere in this house, I still have that on vinyl. Oh, that's another thing I forgot about the uh, unexpected journey. It was a lot of walking, but it was also a lot of singing, and like, and but it was ridiculous singing. And I'm like, if these dwarves don't shut the fuck up, like. <laughs> <laughs> and in the second film, they didn't do that. You know, it's like they they there was none of that. So I'm thinking, okay, this is totally different, and it was way better. 
But uh, I, I really think if he didn't have the, if he didn't come out of the gate with the first three films, I don't know if people would have stuck around if he did The Hobbit first. Because yeah, like I said, like, I just found that The Hobbit movies were overkill. It was just too much. And like I said, I could in the in the span of the first movie, I could read the entire book. Yeah, and um, we watched the extended version, which oh god, I, why? I, that's the because that's the only one that somebody has on voodoo. <laughs> wink, wink. We never watched that one. I was like. <laughs> And Harry Potter series now and totally kill my feelings, you know. It's, it's uh... Hey? No, actually. I'm with the mute on, sorry. Um, Y'all can hit on those first three Hobbit movies all you want, because they're hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Yeah, yes, I mean, I, total... well, like I said, I like the, Just... I like the second two. But once, once Smaug starts spouting up like a Bond villain, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I'm... I'm... I don't know if I'm there. I'm invested, but it's it's they're good enough. I, I see like the second half is much better than the first half. So, well, like at the beginning of the, the first Hobbit movie, where everybody just starts showing up for dinner, and I think there's a reason, and I don't know what the hell it is. Who the fuck are all these people? Why are they in your house? Oh my house? god! And why and is this something like a really short Mos Eisley Cantina? It's like 20 minutes of that, and I'm not even kidding. It it it's. 15 to 20 minutes of people just coming in the door. Oh, it, it reminds me of it's Dune. Insane. There's like 150 pages in Dune devoted to a dinner party. That's what it reminds But I really like that, like, a Benedictine Humperdinck as uh, Smaug. Bumpersnatch? <laughs> Bumper, Bumpersnatch King or... <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer... Have some movies with Lawrence Olivier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it, there, there was the. Oh yeah, Liam Neeson. That that's my 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 second beef, I guess, because he just seems to be making the same movie over and over again. He just needs to retire or something until it, it seems like you guys seen the episode of South Park where they kept doing like Rob Schneider scenarios. Rob Schneider is a stapler and shit like that, you know. I, I think they should like come up with new things for him to do. Just, just because the same cookie cutter shit all the time. Like you know, it's like, right, like Liam Neeson is a single until seventy-year-old Melissa gets kidnapped by you guessed it, child pornographers. Can he save his daughter in time? All this and more in a brand new film called Child Rearing. That's bad. That's a bad title, you know. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with there. Child rearing, child pornography. I remember when Liam Neeson did good movies. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did do good movies for a while there. You know, and it's done. I want to see. I would rather see him punch wolves again. That's. Yeah. I would rather watch Love Actually all day, every day for a month than any of the crap he's done lately. Oh, I do. I love Love Actually. I know I do too. I, I, I will add it for you, love actually enthusiasts this holiday season. Okay, just just because you say you love it so much. Okay. Aww. you Aww. should make X and Cootie cover it. <laughs> just for there are so many scenes in that movie that just make you go, aw. 
Just and Bill Nighy is awesome. I love yeah, him. Yeah, that whole movie. I just, uh, just in cases. Oh my god, just in cases. You're so cute. <laughs> he never dressed more fly than he did in the Empire Radio. That's all I'm saying. You know. Oh, he was awesome. That was a great movie. Those suits, man. I could never wear those suits. Oh my god. <laughs> How does a Jew make coffee? He brews it. That's what we're gonna do now. We're getting. people on three three very jew centric films s- surrounded by one actor being sir Lawrence olivier we're doing the boys from brazil we're doing the jazz singer to where he plays two jews and guess what he plays a nazi in marathon man so you get two jews a nazi and possibly kosher deli in this episode see see what we did there it's good shit we're gonna start with the boys from brazil Right after this. Dang, nabbits. You theme warriors with your indecisive asses, I swear. I just leave. Oh my god. What are you talking about? We decided everything last night. I guess. I think it's just Merriman saying, so what did we decide on? So we were just what we wanted to do. Okay. Well, it's because he never remembers what the heck hell we've decided on i think it's all those small humans running around wait is it mike yeah, yeah. mike mike he does this with evil episodes too because he's like okay because he'll say uh what time are we recording and i'll say uh, i'll say anytime between two and you know, like two and ten i'm fine you know like on a saturday or whatever if i'm working at 11 p.m i'm like i'll be like around two, uh, anytime before. T- Just look up, dude. <laughs> like, I have to apologize for anything except for money train and stuff like that, but. <laughs> As you should. We're going to talk about yeah. a good movie now, okay? We're going to go to that. It's from Brazil from 1978 to rekindle the Third Reich. I wouldn't call it the Goots a Nazi hunter. He's more like a Nazi hunting enthusiast, really, you know. But, uh,. The stars Gregory Peck, Sir Lawrence Olivier, James Mason, the Goots, who uh, yeah does it doesn't live very long in this movie. Said probably not though. To make clones to build ninety some little Hitlers to take over the world and you know rid the world of all the Ezra because his name is Ezra Lieberman in this film. But I'm going to start with our guest and ask her what she thinks of the boys from Brazil. Suzanne. I have always loved this movie. The book, I've read damn near everything else. R11 has ever written, but somehow I have not read this one. I love the movie, and, you know, Ezra is loosely based on Simon Weisenthal, and you can see kind of where they kind of sandwiched what what Simon Weisenthal was doing at the time. You know, he had been discredited because he had cleared someone, and during some Viennese elections, his Nazi past came out, and Weisenthal had... Uh, cleared him of that 
and he was losing a lot of face, which, I mean, they kind of briefly hit on that. I kind of like the way that they, you know, did the two side by side. And I have to admit, it was just bizarre casting with him as Megale. The, the, the thick makeup and that weird accent that he had. But, I mean, the end of the moves, a few things I want to say about it, and they're discussing how it could be done Mm -hmm. and how intense the process must be and how intelligent the person behind it. And this is way before a lot of the things that we have now. Yeah, you kind of Michael Crichton'd it. Yeah. And, uh, but it was pretty seamless, you know. Yeah, like my the only issue I have is I mean I love Gregory Peck, but the heavy makeup and the accent just off. But that's just me nitpicking it. No, I agree. I I didn't. I am. I even said while we were watching it, I was like, I am not down with Gregory Peck's look in this. And I know what I mean. You know, he had to. He needed to look like you know the guy. Only it just to me it looked like somebody dipped him in Grecian formula. Like it just, just that really dark hair just did not work, 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 you know, and the mustache, yeah. like it just, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it for him. Yeah. And the accent, did you have any issues with the accent? It just seemed all over the place. And like I said, this honestly don't, I don't remember. Uh, I think I wasn't, I probably wasn't paying attention to his accent, which is unusual because I usually do, but I I was probably so distracted by the the look. (laughs) Not not many, not many are worse than Kate Blanchett and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know. I've thankfully never seen that. Moose and Squirrel. That's all I'm saying. You know. Oh, God. As much as Pat loves bad movies, he actually claims that movie to be the worst movie he's ever seen. Oh, I, I can top that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but I do. I love I, I love the movie. I love the concept. And it was ahead of its time. The contents. Fair enough. Uh, Jeffrey X. You know, on this surface it would seem like this is a movie tailor made for someone like you know i mean it's a plot to clone hitler and that's so it's so 50s it's like they saved hitler's fingernails but this is not not aged well this is not good so sorry suzanne i'm gonna step all over this movie that would be my guess um Olivier was nominated for an Oscar for this movie. And Gregory Peck was nominated for a Golden Globe. And I'm like, what the fuck, Hollywood? Because this is ludicrous. I mean, okay, well, you did get Gregory Peck and James Mason and Laurence Olivier all in the same movie. And that's a huge cast. That's cool. Even though I can't look at James Mason without thinking about Eddie Izzard anymore. But anyway, he's there. But the... Okay, you're talking about the accents earlier? Holy shit. Yeah, they bothered me. Just the worst fucking vaudeville voices you can imagine. Uh, Gregory Peck as Mangala makes no sense. I mean, how much shoe polish did they go through to get his hair and his eyebrows to look like that? I think Olivier just kind of... Yes, he actually looks like the consistency of shoe polish, too. 
And it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind you set on fire before you can actually use it. I think Olivier kind of acts like an elderly Jerry Stiller in this movie. You know, I'm surprised he didn't yell about how he's got a prostate the size of a grapefruit. Steve Gutenberg is a Nazi hunter. I just want, I mean, just say that phrase. It does. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Um, I guess the thing that really hit me was that even though you've got this. Okay. The whole plot to clone Hitler is marginally interesting and aside for sure that much. I mean, they tried to mimic the environment that Hitler grew up in by killing all the fathers within that same kind of time span where Hitler's father died. But there are so many facts to actually, you know, spawning a tyrant that there's no guarantee that that plan is even going to work. I don't know. Quality over quantity, I guess. Well, but I think that's why they have 94 movie... of them. Yeah, that's why they made 94 well, of them, yes. And this, isn't that an oddly specific number? <clears throat> Could you not do six more? Yeah, I, I round that shit thing. up. Maybe they didn't take. <laughs> they ran I mean, out of they, they ran out of, of rib DNA to, to make more babies. You know, or also, like Jamie said, they just didn't take. Was this not the funniest fight scene you've ever seen in a movie in your life? Which one? Oh, the, the two old men at the end. Oh yeah, two eighty-year-old. <laughs> dudes fighting off dogs and fight each other and how fucking weird is that i mean it's not like old jackie chan you know this is old and gregory peck shot him what like four times and every time he shot lawrence olivier he made that same noise that the oak ridge boys make at the end of the song leaving louisiana in the broad daylight so it's like you shoot this old man he goes yeah and it was like oh my god now i cannot <laughs> Take this seriously again. <laughs> no kid, the kid at the end. What the fuck? I mean, they made him look like Brian Bloom in this stuff for one thing. But who gave yeah. him that dialogue? Like he, yeah, it's a heavy duty emergency. What Frank and a hooker? No kid <laughs> ever said that. My teachers are nowhere, man. <laughs> That means that you said you just don't know where they are. It's just not an after-school special. Anyway, I know there's a lot of love for this movie, and I think it's more for the concept than the actual execution, because, damn, this is a mess. Fair enough. Jamie. Wow, I did not see that coming, I have to say. Um, and while I... Um... I find a lot of your points accurate and uh, and amusing as well. I they don't in the big scheme of things it doesn't bother me because I really love this movie and uh, like Suzanne I somehow have not read this book and that surprises the shit out of me because I love Ira Levin and I actually just now realized when I was watching it for the show this time that he wrote it and I, I was like, shit, how did I not know that? And Brian's like, well, I've got the book. I'm like, ah, what? <laughs> why didn't I know that? Uh, so uh, I'm going to be reading it now. Yay, because it's in the house. But um, he actually introduced me to this film several years ago. 
and I hadn't seen it up to that point, which like it's just like wow and and yeah it's like a Michael Crichton version of science here which I think um, I love Michael Crichton so that's okay with me I mean like if you can take a seed of something realistic and then make it seem plausible then that's pretty awesome and and what I love about Levin is that all of his books are that are just are so they're all over the place like they're so completely different from each other but there are actually through lines in, in several of them that I was going, I would am attempting to craft a, an actual show around or an episode of a show, some warriors episode that I listened to incidentally. Um, anyway, um, but the, the subjects are very different, you know, and I, I like that. I like that versatility in an author. So you know, but that's, but that's the book and <laughs> which I haven't read. So movie, uh, I, I can't argue with, you know, the whole great, the look of Gregory Peck. I can't because it was it, every time he popped on screen, I was like, damn, um, it got me. He, I don't know if this is kind of an obscure reference, but there is a character in the film wreck. Um, he's sort of like a, uh, he lives in the building and he just chains and I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't really describe him. And I don't remember his name in the film, but this is, that's just the, if you're familiar with the film wreck enough to, to know who I'm talking about, then picture that guy. And that's who I kept thinking of every time Gregory Peck was on the screen. So yeah, that was distracting to me. I didn't mind Steve Gutenberg because I mean, yeah, it's Steve Gutenberg, but I mean, the actors are allowed to do other things. I don't, I don't, I, th I think he was fine. I mean, he wasn't in it really long enough to make me mad. Although I just thought he made some really bad mistakes. You know, like you are, you are aware that they found your wire. I think I would relocate before I decided to get on the phone and try to prove to someone that I had this information. I, I just... I would make my, and especially if I hired a kid to plant it, because that's, you know, you can't really trust, you, you don't know what's going to happen there. Like, so that to me was just bad decision making all around. And uh, I, I'm not surprised that what happened to him happened to him. But the concept overall, I think, is just incredible. It's, it's kind of scary. Would it work? Not really. I mean, I don't think so. But like I said, that's why they did 94 and, and, uh, cause they're at, they get, you know, one or two, uh, you know, they have, they have a couple of chances that, that were, that might actually work out, which is just bizarre because, you know, within what, you know, like, what do you expect to, I don't know, what is your end game here? Like, what do you really think is going to happen? But I mean, the whole thing is the fact that you know wow we've got this this potential other Hitler running around and just um I mean just wow I the uh, from the moment we get to Lancaster 
I and I was looking forward to it this time watching the movie. I was like, we when it actually shows Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I I said out loud, "Here we go," <laughs> because I love everything from that moment on. The dogs, the the kid, and yeah, I mean his dialogue is what, uh, but uh, I, I love the just. I don't know. He's he has this like menacing quality to him. A little shit, and all these kids have been a little shit throughout. And I, by the way, Jeremiah Black, uh, I think is the kid's name, uh, who played pretty good. I mean, his his accents weren't spot on every time, but I, you know, he was, you know, he he was kind of versatile for a child actor, and I thought it was it was entertaining. You know, I'm not. I wasn't really sold on all of his accents, you know, and he's like, do you speak English ass? You know, <laughs> but you know, I, I like the way that they revealed that because knowing, knowing what it's about you, but Brian was like, imagine watching this for the first time and not knowing anything about it. And they, you know, like how well they did the slow reveal of what was actually going on and how we point right here you still don't know what's going on it is you still don't get this and i was like yeah that's really good i it i think they did an excellent job with that and then they sort of slap you with the ending that lieberman makes as far as the list is concerned i just i i love that moment I'm waiting for other guy to snatch it out of his hand at any second. Like I keep expecting him to do that. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I really love this movie. <laughs> I really, really, really do. I call that guy Jewish Lance Guest. Cause he looked just like Lance Guest. Oh like my old, God. Big old Jew yes, for he does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. He like a I have never seen this film, no. Which apparently no one remembers but me. All right. Shutting no, up. Jack I Horton. remember that show. Yeah, a TV show with Jack Horton. Jack Horton, yeah. I remember watching that with I my remember. grandma. Oh, boy. Continue. You got something else, Jamie? I'm sorry. No, no. I was. I think Suzanne had something to say. Suzanne? Well, the very... The very end, when that league decides how they're going to deal with the situation... And it makes you wonder who the bigger monster actually is. The way to go with this? Are you going to be that big bad guy? I, I just, yeah. there's something about that ending. I just, I can't. It, it's. Well, well the, the ending cements, the, the very ending cements that he made the bad, he made a bad decision. But who was to know that? But then again, if you, if you, you only, like, spend time yeah. with, like, two of the families that these Hitler children have went to. Really, in, in, in both of them were, like, the mother seems... You never met the one the, the one at the end, the, the Americans, <coughs> Hitler's mother, at the end. You met his father, who seemed like a real cold person. Be a real cold person. And the other, the other guy wasn't a very nice guy either, because the mother was so relieved. He got ran over by a train or a truck or whatever. It's like, you know, I, w I wish it would have happened sooner. So he seemed like a real cold person, too. 
So the fact that, you know, these kids were, were basically bred to be like spoiled little brats with this very cold father figure where, where in a way, you know, they, they were going for, they were going for broke there basically. Like he's not really high himself, but you know, he, he was very cold because you could say he gets that from his father at the same time, you know. It's like yeah. they, they scouted these guys out before they, they gave away their little Hitler babies, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, Hitler, If maybe if he had actually been a good painter, they did a hint around, you know, the one kid with the clarinet and the other kid with his camera. Oh, they're nice right. pictures, but I think they're a little artsy-fartsy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're you're basically seeing the same thing happening. The... The only issue I how had we... that issue. I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's pretty impossible. No, again, Jack Warden. But you know, me myself, <laughs> I I enjoy. The, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that he said that is very very true. But I, I've always been biased as as far as like Nazi how how disgusting comes in and he's about to set fire to the place and but meanwhile he's just walking around this island there are people being shot dead bodies everywhere and just walking like a pimp like he's just walking through this like you know yeah whatever <laughs> and we get, oh, we, get a, think... we get a little bit of that in marathon man with zell you see a little bit of that stuff in there while well, he's still in south america of course you know you know what's interesting is I told Brian while we were watching, um, I don't remember if it was what, this. I think it was actually during Marathon Man. I was like, you know, they recently caught. Yeah. Fuck, and I'm like, well, he is. And and I pulled it up, and it was in March. They, um, they nailed a guy in, uh, uh, he's 98. And there's, I want to say he's in Portugal. Um, that could be wrong, but I'm that I'm pretty sure that's where he was. And they're trying to extradite to like they want to they want to try him, and so they're trying to extradite him. To and actually, there was another one not too long ago. They got sentenced uh, for six years. He only, but he's 94. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got sentenced to six years. Uh, because he was something like a, I want to say he was a bookkeeper at Auschwitz, or he was a something clerical. Um, he, you know, he didn't do anything physically, but he was like a clerical guy, and so he's nine. Out there, and they're still, you know, finding him, and I just think that's that's so creepy. Like it just, it's yeah, weird. We gloss over the fact that a lot of these people escaped. Well, you know, clerical, you know, those people on their lists, you know, that's all I'm saying. It's... But a yeah. lot of these people <laughs> did get away. Oh, yeah. And went on to lead happy, productive lives all over the world. Straights that really well, that I really enjoy in a story, too, is apt pupil. Oh, yeah, that is, I love the story. And that, goddamn, the scene at the end of Apt Pupil where he's in the hospital and the guy in the hospital bed recognizes him. Oh, yeah. 
it just sends chills all over me. It's just like that woman at the end of Marathon Man. I, I, didn't, where... I, didn't, I didn't really get the feels until he started crying with it, that guy and that pupil, like, at the end. Oh, know? God. That just tears my heart out, though. Can you imagine? I'm watching that movie, and we get to that point because I just... That is a horrifying thing, and I, I can't. Oh, in any movie oh. that deals with this subject matter, and I see someone's wrist turn over, and they've got a number tattooed on their wrist, <sighs> yeah. it just sends wow. like chills down my. When I was in high school, her grandfather. The first time I met him, I didn't know. I mean, they were Jewish. I mean, the, the high school that I went to was eighty percent Jewish. Like it was that there were Jews everywhere. And, uh, which kind of explains my, the thing I had for Jews and <laughs> for a long time, I was like, I love Jews. Um, <laughs> I had this, I had this thing. But anyway, the first time I went to her house and her grandfather was there, I met her grandfather and, you know, in talking to him, he just, I just happened to see his, his list, you know, and his, just moving his, moving his arms while he was talking. And I just, I caught a glimpse and I was like, what? Uh, again, my head, I'm like, is that shit? Is that what I think it is? You know? And then it was. And th I just remember that moment because even in high school, I, I got it. Like it, you know, it, it kind of struck me. I mean, I was like, Oh my God, you know, that, wow. And, um, and she was like, yeah, you know, I guess it was, I guess for, you know, whatever. And so she was, and it just, I didn't know. And so then when I saw it, it kind of hit me like a slap to the face. And I was just like, oh shit, you know, and that's something that, I mean, can you, that's another thing, you know, you go through this, this, I mean, unimaginable terror, unimaginable torture and horror. And then you're stuck with this constant reminder that you can't get away from. Every time you look at your hand, I mean, that to me is just another level of the, the opposite of that, you know. Yeah, I also have another friend who's her grandparents got out. They were one of the last families to get out and they escaped to Brazil. And <laughs> which to me and then from Brazil, they came up through here. So her mother was Brazilian. Um or, you know, she was raised in Brazil. Um, but can you imagine that, though? Like, you get out, you escape to Brazil, and then, and then like, you know, you're there. And then, you know, war's over. Here come all these Nazis. <laughs> and it's like, ah! <laughs> They're everywhere. Now I got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, it just... Um, and I never even considered that until just now. But... Like holy shit, yeah. They she was they they went to Brazil and then all of a sudden all these Nazis are coming to Brazil. So and a lot a, of it, I think there was uh, a very little extradition out of South America at that point, and still to this day. Mm hmm. Yeah, which I think is why they targeted that area because it was yeah, relatively, relatively safe. safe. <laughs> That was funny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, th th there's lots of good stuff to like about this film. I mean, a lot of stuff was mentioned already. 
a lot, lot of good commentary here too. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that, and I'm gonna ask uh, Suzanne. She have any final thoughts on the film, and what is her rating one to ten? Uh, like I said, I agree with X. There's a lot of flaws with the movie. But as the concept goes, it's absolutely fascinating. And as Jamie said, they crightened it up. They made it plausible. So I'm I'm still, like, I've watched. I'm, I'm solid Ooh. eight. Uh, Jamie. Further, I, and, and yeah, like I said, I acknowledge everything X said, and I can't really argue. I can't, I can't argue with him. I, it's, you know, he's right. But at the same time, I mean, I said out loud while I was watching this movie, damn, I love this movie. And I, and it's, I do. So uh, I do acknowledge there are issues. So I can't say, hey, this is a perfect film. But as far as me enjoying myself watching it, and then just the sheer horror of this of imagining the situation uh, or just you know that this is a the, i don't know the plan the scope of the plan i think is just a terrifying thing i'm gonna say nine cool x i can't make it past all of that i want to i i can't i'm giving it a three said this to i said this to cootie last night while i was watching it with her i was like wow i would have a lot more fun if this were ilsa she wolf of the ss <laughs> i said that one person that made things terrible would you happen and this kid's gonna be the leader of it and he may get he may scoop up some more of these little hitlers and start a crazy thing so if they didn't have that mean-spirited ending on the end of it I think this this would take it down to a, a like a, a six point five for me, but the fact that they had that like that diabolical ending really gave it an eight. And a sweaty Gutenberg is never a bad thing. I'm sorry, you know. Although it's 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 not as good as the performance in Can't Stop the Music, you know. But not many things are. One thing I said uh, that I thought was interesting is, can you imagine like all these kids running into each other? I mean, there are ninety four of them worldwide they're going to run into each other at some point it's it's kind of inevitable i think and that is a creepy thought you know just right because i mean like i've seen people who look familiar or i've heard people say even more so um hey i you know i saw somebody the other lot but actually running face to face into someone who is the exact copy i mean exact copy of you that is some and uh also did anyone see that movie that tv movie a bunch of years ago probably like 20 years ago about it was the true story about the guy the um fertility doctor who was using his own semen to impregnate women and <laughs> he had he had a, a lazy I'm familiar with this but i don't know what you're talking about no, but that's a way. I have no idea. I have got to find this. Um, he had, he had. It, it was. Oh, I just. There was one thing that just sticks out to me is that he had a lazy eye, and 
So, and so he wore an eye patch because of this lazy eye. So at the end of the film, you see all of these kids with eye patches. <laughs> oh my God. It's so fucking creepy. <laughs> because, Shawn Michaels, dad. Oh, uh, God. And I can't remember the name of it, so I was hoping one of you guys remembered it. But um, it was like a, it was a movie of the week, I think. Um. And it just, it stuck with me because it was just kind of horrifying. Um, and it was like a real, it was a real thing. There was actually a fertility doctor who was using his own, his own semen to impregnate women. And I don't really know why, but uh, I don't remember his motive. Um, if he just wanted a bunch of hymns running around or if he, I don't know what his actual motive was. I just remember the horror of that, the reveal. And it was pretty cool was it called a shot in the dark referring to his semen and somebody's lazy eye <laughs> yes I think it was that would be that'd be aces right there that's just good marketing right there but enough of the semen talk and the talk of, of Nazis <laughs> you know Let, let's switch gears here and let, let, let's talk about you know the, uh, uh, where, where Olivier plays uh, not, not a Nazi but a cantor with Neil Diamond swinging and singing and the jazz singer right after this. I'll be uh, right back, guys. I had to go to the bathroom, so I'll be right back. I'm trying to uh, trying to actually find that movie right now. See if I can. Oh, it's called Holy Shit. I googled movie about fertility doctor eye patch. That's what I was just throwing <laughs> words out there, and it came up immediately. Patch it's Adams. called the it's called the Baby Maker, the Doctor Cecil Jacobson story. Holy crap! I can't believe that. I can't believe that worked. <laughs> fertility hey, doctor eye know. patch. Let me know when you start reading the. I'm boys sorry about Brazil. how funny I think that. I just think that is fucking hilarious. I just must be in a mood tonight. I just that's great. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you get into the business for a reason, right? <laughs> well, apparently he is repopulating the earth one lazy eye at a time. That's just, uh... Well, let me know. I mean, let you know when I do what? I'm sorry. When you start reading the boys from Brazil, I'll read it with you. Top three Ira Levins are probably Rosemary's Baby, The Boys from Brazil, and Stepford Wives. I would love to have a long conversation after checking out these side by side. Oh yeah, and uh, well, you know, uh, it's interesting. The two the two that I wanted to pair, uh, books and film, were um, Rosemary's Baby and the Steps, the Stepford Wives, because I just felt like they had a lot in common, even though the themes themselves were very different, the, or the, the stories were very different. They had a lot of themes in common. Uh, I, it was because when you guys did the Theme Warriors X and you did, um, uh, I forget what the actual title, what the theme of the show was, but it was, you talk, one of the things you talked about was, or, Shepherd Wives, 
and I can't remember what the theme was of that whole show. Oh, it was horror where it? was it horror where no one dies? Was that on I that think show? So yeah, yeah, because we did stuff for wives, bodies. <laughs> something else yeah okay so yeah when i was listening to <laughs> when i was listening to you guys talk about that it made me realize i was like god that has you know really there are a lot of things that those two that that rosemary's baby and stepford wives have in common and i mean just Absolutely. like the fact that their husbands what? throw them under the bus the you know and then afterward the way their husbands react toward them um it's just the whole paranoia thing uh it um, and the and fact that you, they're constantly being manipulated by an outside source. Yeah, and you think there's all there's a point in both of them where you they're where they they're going for safety where they and you think that they have someone who will help them and then it ends up not. Um, like when she goes to the, her psychiatrist, when Rosemary goes to Doctor Hill, and he ends up turning her in, and it just it, they're just so many. I was like, God, they're they're like beat for beat very similar in a lot of respects. So I actually wanted to do a show just comparing the two of them and their, and their likes, you know, and what they had in common, but that would be fascinating. Uh, yeah. I thought it would be just a really good conversation, a really fun conversation. You know, well, we're reading, we're reading that next. Um, so as soon as we finish the book that we're working on now, and I say we, because We always yeah, Pat and I do that when we road trip together. Aww. So yeah, and um, it's just I like doing that. It's it's fun. And uh, so when we finished our our current book, then I wanted I want pretty light. No, it's a like small book. Friends. I think it's only it's barely two hundred and fifty pages. Yeah, if he I said remember it was, correctly. He said it was very small, and I'm like, well, that kind of fits because Ira Levin's books usually are very quick reads. Uh, you just. It wasn't that oh, yeah. long. No, it just, and it's so good. It's, I, I, know. Love, I love his writing. Love his writing. Oh, yeah. It doesn't, um, it doesn't age. Incidentally, that movie that I was talking about, The Baby Maker, uh, Melissa Gilbert is stars in that movie. <laughs> that just, <laughs> oh that my God, it's it. got to be a Lifetime movie. That just makes it that much better. And it's from 1994. Sweet. Who plays the doctor? Um, Jeffrey. I can't see the last name. Cut off his last name. Jeffrey Bose? I don't know. No idea. Who cares? Not a clue. Not a clue. He looks kind of. I remember him. There's, there's no picture of him on IMDb, even though he did other things. There's no picture of him on IMDb, but I remember him reminding me of C. Everett Coop, <laughs> which made it that much creep, which made it that much creepier that <laughs> that he did that because who wants a bunch of C. Everett Coop running? Around? Ew! They should, they should have called it the, sper the Spermgen General. <laughs> if they did a porny version of it hell yeah alright <laughs> alright I'm back guys sorry about that 
Exactly. <laughs> Just kind of drifts to the left. <laughs> well, then I'd, I'd have something in common with those people. Oh, no. Lazy cock. That's that Hill family wilt. Can't get enough of it, you know. Oh, that's not that guy, is it? Oh my god, you know who it is? It's the guy who plays the... I can't... I didn't know that was his name, and why didn't they have a picture of him? It's that he plays the... And he doesn't look like Severett Coop. <laughs> he plays the uh, the partner in Basic Instinct. No um, shit. Among other things. But that's the first thing that whenever I see him, that's always the first role I think of when I see him. But... Oh. Anyway, okay. Fair enough. Going to this in uh, three, two, one. The jazz uh, plot synopsis is this. The son of a Jewish cantor must defy the traditions of his religious father in order to pursue, to pursue his dream of being a popular singer. This stars one Neil Diamond, uh, Laurence Olivier, once again, the through line throughout the entire film. See? Whoa. Is it the same Paul Nicholas from Tommy? Uh, X, I'm curious about that now. Yeah, it is. Cousin Kevin's in this movie? Yeah! That's amazing, you know. Really small part, but it makes me excited to see his name in the the credits. Oh, that's way more obnoxious than Tommy, but whatever. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm alone on this one. But, uh, this is brought to you by Superman 2, right? Or Superman 3? Or, uh... No, I was wrong about that one. Soylent Green. We've done. Actually, yeah, from from what I hear, it's actually co-directed by Sidney J. Fury, who did not get credit for it. Who did bring us Superman for the Quest for Peace? Well, to be fair, I'm more I'm more of a fan of his other work. But well, if you look at Superman, far the stuff I like about it, but it is a bullshit film. It's terrible. But I, I enjoy this film, and X enjoys this film, I know. We, we, what she thought about the jazz singer. You know, I did not even know this existed. And that kind of surprises... Yeah, it kind of surprises me because I love Neil Diamond. Like, I, I love Neil Diamond. And when I started watching, I'm like, how did I not ever... I never knew this was a thing. How was that even possible? But, you know, okay... And it's formulaic, you know, and, and until we get, I mean, and I'm okay with that. I was really into it. I was like, God, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. Just, it was very enjoyable. And um, I was on his side and, you know, I'm like, yeah, you go for your dream. You go for what you want. And like, you know, fuck his wife. I, <laughs> I... Like, I get that that's not the life that she wants, but I, I just feel like if you are with the person that you that makes you happy, then you can make, like, you can... Sh- the life that she wants is a quiet home life where she does nothing. Okay, you can do that out here. You know, just just let the guy explore his dreams. I, I can't stifle someone that I care about. I can't... When all in initially, all he wants to do is go out to work on this his songs with a, another singer, and he's like, oh, he's going to be gone for two weeks, and he wants her to go with him. 
And that's all he's planning to do at this point, manipulate me that way. When I've got a chance to do something that I really care about, that I really, can't you support me? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I can't get behind it. I would never do it. I would never. And I even turned to Brian and, because I was like, do you think? And he's right. I, I, I mean, I never, I never would. I would, if there was anything I can do to support something that he really cared about that he wanted to explore, you're damn right I would do it. And it's, I would expect the same thing from him. And it's because, you know, I, if I love you, then I want what's better. I want what you want for you. That's part of it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's how it works. But so, like I was like, yeah, fuck them, you know, <laughs> you do, you do what you want to do, and and you know, grr. And then you know, his dad like ripped his clothes, and he was all like, ah, you're dead to me. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, old man, yeah. And I was like on his side. I was like, you know, I love you, Neil Diamond. You you go. And then he did the randomest thing. Like I was like, what? When he just fuck are you doing? Like, who does that? Who's in, a, like, a really bad mood? They're in the middle of doing something for work, and suddenly they just jump in their car and drive off. Yeah. They've, they've got a, a cowboy hat and a beard, and they're playing music it's, in a country bar? And it's magical, because he grows that beard and that hat. I think he, he grew it on his skin. He grew the hat. Because <laughs> he just looks I so glorious. He yeah, grew I have to hat. say, I love that look. I love that look for him. I really do. Like what he—he's the guy from the singer from Dead. Like he does the the musical numbers in Dead and Breakfast. And uh, I just—I don't know when he's. Oh when shit! He's yeah, waiting, okay, that guy. Just what is happening? And then we see him play one song in a country bar, and then suddenly his Bubba finds transition, and he had gone back home because the appearance. And you just walk out the door, see, and that just threw me for a loop. Like it just crazy. And then we go to the part where he like tries to make things better with his dad, and that was easy. Uh, it was just like you know, I still like it. It just, it just. He didn't just, just give like him the. He didn't just give him the picture though. He just he 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 really had to hit it home. It was so important that he he was there for. It took him 30 seconds. I'm just saying, though, he saw the picture and he melted because he had the, the, the mother's eye, or the mother's smile in his eyes, you know. I then, just think it was way too. I guess maybe the father, after not seeing him for so long, and he was singing behind him and he turned around like you could tell he was like, oh, my God, like he was excited. You know, he was happy to see him. So that. okay. <laughs> but, you know, maybe. Now, maybe I was just still grumpy coming off that last whole I'm going to be cane and kung fu bit where just I feel like didn't belong. I don't I go. And if I would have just and it didn't even matter. It all came to nothing. I mean, that none of that had any repercussion. It didn't mean anything as far as his character was concerned. It didn't mean anything as far as the story. It's not like he went away and he's like, oh, I found myself. No, he went away and he came back. He picked up life where he lived. Nothing changed. Not even his relationships changed. So it it ultimately was for nothing and it completely makes a left turn for no reason. He created a brand new genre of music. 
Yiddish country, you know, with that, that, that <laughs> Pavel Aguila mixed with uh, with You Are My Sunshine, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't like his arrangement of You Are My Sunshine. Come on, girl, don't take his sunshine away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'll I'll go X next. But what do you think, sir? I know this movie is not good. I know. I know it's not. But my God, I love this movie. So here's where y'all can shit on it. And that's fine. Like I did boys from Brazil because I fucking love this movie. I've loved it since I was a kid. But now, even though I fully understand that it is flawed, like crazy. Um, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. I think Olivier is a much better Jew. Uh, here than he was in the boys from Brazil. I think he's more emotionally involved with the story, even if he does seem a little embarrassed to be in them, especially in crowds scenes. Um, But I do think that this is a script that lives and dies by stereotypes. And that's kind of like the parameter of the whole movie is those stereotypes. And Olivier inhabits that whole Orthodox Jewish father role perfectly right down to the oh i'm tearing my shirt i have no son you know i think that's just amazingly great i think it's funny to see catlin adams as sweet little uh you know his 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 wife when she was steve martin's biker bitch girlfriend in the jerk so that's kind of a interesting like yeah and isn't doesn't she seem more jewish than practically anybody else in the whole movie and she's the (laughs) shit <laughs> but we got to talk about Neil Diamond because he can't act for damn it. He never looks anybody in the eye. It doesn't matter who it is. Can't act for it damn it. It looks like he's just staring at their face. <laughs> you know what? Thank you. I caught that too. At one point, he was talking. It was when he was talking to Rivy and Riv- Ricky, Rivy, Riv- whatever. Yeah, he Rivy, was talking. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was talking to her, and I swear to God, I was like, why is he. I was like, maybe it's just a weird camera angle, but I swear to God, it looks like he's looking at her collarbone. Like, what is he? What's he looking at? I, I think they had a copy of the script there. <laughs> he's, he's looking for the microphone to belt out those sweet tunes, man. That's right, because when he gets on stage, that's where he's comfortable, and he is very weirdly engaging because his stage presence. It's, it's just kind of weird. There is, there's nothing about his performance as a musician that would elicit that kind of boisterous crowd reaction. I don't care if it's in the country bar. I don't care if it's in the club at the beginning where there's, you know, that, that the one black dude who's just sitting in his chair, chair dancing like, like a madman. Nothing he does would make that happen. So the fact that he gets people as involved as he does this is just pure Hollywood fantasy, kids. This is like, just let's put on a show, and everyone's going to love it, and we're going to save old man Schwartz's store from being torn down or something like that. <laughs> but And I'm going to wear black Oh, we're <laughs> close. For instance, if you're going to play a song for your black friends at a party, why would you sing anything about anything called the Robert E. Lee it's a shit po- <laughs> I don't give a fuck. 
and he rhymes Lee with free. No, that's completely wrong. And who the fuck ever got a gig playing music at a bar by playing You Are My Sunshine? Well, that is I don't what understand. Oh, but... Yeah, I got a few minutes here. Sing my favorite song, which is You Are My Sunshine. I don't know. Is that like an Al Jolson callback? Is that how that worked? Maybe. And he I don't has know. him sing along with him. So the guy who completely overpowers him can't even hear him sing. And <laughs> like, and he's like, you're hired. Based on what? <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he even quits. He's like, you know the words. <laughs> I'm going to stop singing. You do this. I know three chords. And you're, the, the part that you were talking about when, you know, he goes up the country to get his head straight. And then he learns he's a father and he's been gone for months. And the mother of his child doesn't even yell at him. And she just kisses him and everything is cool. Fuck you. No, it's not. That's not cool at all. Where the fuck have you been? Thanks for the support. You piece of shit. (laughs) So what? So why do I hate this movie? Neil Diamond. And why do I love this movie? It's Neil Diamond with his ear muff hair and his Chris Jericho scarf. He's a fucking gem. And the soundtrack for this movie is stellar. I love the music from that beautiful Colony Dre to America. It's solid. Except for that Robert E. Lee song, which is not... You know, that's a song you sing it, you just pull a Kevin Spacey. Just, you know, I didn't mean to offend anyone, but now I'm living my life as a gay racist. Who knew? Um... time in a couple of years i also realized that the jazz singer is like a nightmare for trump advocates and people who follow alex jones because this is all of their conspiracy theories come true the jews and the blacks really do run hollywood and they got all the money and they're working together to create brainwashing entertainment to weaken the moral fiber of hard-working white americans i mean america that song that's all about immigrants coming here to take our gerbs it's a conspiracy it's all true it's damn true and neil diamond is the leader of the insurgency so that's a level of the movie i never saw before and i kind of love it this movie is cheesy it's like it's filled with just horrible neil diamond whose real name in the movie is yusel rabinovich and she serves him ham oh so great fucking fucking <laughs> You just see that star, David, just stick it out. <laughs> what the? What? What the hell are we doing here? <laughs> when she realizes what she did and she slaps her face, and I'm thinking, you know how long it takes to cook a ham? It took you that. I mean, you just now realized what you did. <laughs> it's like a Mento, it's like a Mentos commercial. <laughs> it's not like she ran out and picked up fast food. This. You know, it's like you know, I got your. time to make a ham and apparently didn't realize he was jewish the whole time or didn't remember that he was jewish i forget you you put your brain on hold and you sing love on the rocks and you just have a good time watching this because this is one of the weirdest fucking musicals ever made i love it oh suzanne okay i'm gonna really try not to be long-winded here but this is, for me, one of those, it, it's a slice of life for me. I remember when we had captured by the whole movie. 
I, I, I swear, now that I'm older, I'm looking at them like, oh, my God, I should have got them towels after the movie was over. But, I mean, it's, it, it is, when, when not you- Not a dry you, seat in the house. Not a dry seat in that living room that night, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that will not ruin your furniture. And it was kind of funny, years later, um, Pat went to hang out with his friends. One of the first times they went and met his mother. And guess what movie we watched? The Jazz Singer. So once again, with my mother-in-law, I should have gotten her a towel too. But I just, I, I, the music is, is brilliant. The story is really shoddy. I, the one scene that both of you have mentioned when he's, he vanishes for, you know, what, a year and comes back and she's on the beach. I would have punched him in the fucking face. Oh, yeah. That no doubt. scene irritates me to no end. But I love the music. Sorry, I joined a convoy. <laughs> Sorry, I left you here by myself. It's like, and I get, and she obviously she knows that he was not aware that she was pregnant. I'm not mad at you because you didn't support me during our pregnancy that you didn't know about. I'm mad at you because you walked out on me, and then you come back and and you're like, hey, I'm back. It's cool. You know, yeah. no. It, no, exactly. And I have to admit, I mean, I want to know how much they paid Laurence Olivier. Because this was not a Laurence Olivier role. I mean, he gave it, I mean, seriously, hand-wringing, you know, sad father watching his son step away from his Jewishness, I guess. But my fond memories of this were more along the lines of watching it with my mom and my grandmother. And then later in life, watching it with my mother-in-law. Just seeing how they reacted to it, it made me enjoy it. Where I found a lot of flaws with it. So yeah, it's enjoyable. I love the music. Yes, when I watched it the other day, did I sing along? Hell yeah. Did the neighbors listen to it with me? Absolutely. Love the music. Story shoddy. Makes me happy when I think about my family. But that's about it for me. You know, what I think is funny is this is not at all the kind of movie that Brian would watch with me. Like, you know, and I talk about that all the time on this show. It's like whenever we do, whenever we do a show, I give him the list of movies and he's like, okay, I'll watch that. I'll watch that. You're on your own with that one. And so, yeah. I, um, and this one was going to be the one that I was on my own with. Well, it turns out that when I came home from work this morning, I watched it this morning, and he had, um, and he started watching it with me, and he pulls that I'm going to go find myself bit, and, and he's like, you know, this was a pretty good movie up until that point. Like, the fuck is this? <laughs> And I was like, wow, like I didn't I didn't see that coming. That is not the type of movie that he would normally be interested in. But he was actually invested until we got to that bit of nonsensical bullshit. <laughs> and then he's like, OK, I'm out. Um, but he did actually finish it. But it just to me, that was kind of telling that how completely 
out of left field that that came because the until you get to that point like i said it's formulaic as hell but i am in it and then it just you know it was weird i don't who thought that was a good idea is what i want to know and why no they they were really trying to pull on the heartstrings in a really desperate way and I told my husband that I was watching that, and he's like, oh, Jesus. I can see it's my mother listening to Neil Diamond Records vacuuming the house. But don't, don't forget, he already had the song written for that situation. You know? Well, he course. left for a while. He came back. I was like, hello again. Hello. hello. And everything's fine. All it takes is a good song to smooth over life's bumps. I think so. Suzanne, would you have liked it more if they had attempted to, like, maybe clone 94 Neil Diamonds? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's not that I don't like it. I, I What I like about it is just remembering watching it with certain people. Now that I'm old and jaded, it's just, fuck, if somebody walked out on me for a year and came down to the beach well, beat the shit out of him that is that was that was that that bothers me so much i can't that whole shot reminds me of a scene from brainstorm you know remember the scene in brainstorm where they're going back through christopher walken's memories and oh god yeah you know what i'm talking about watching that movie a couple now, now, to, to be fair, w- w- when Jess left the studio in in, 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 a, in a tizzy, she said, no, just let him go, Bubba. And the opportunity to stop him from leaving, but she didn't pull the trigger. Just throwing it out there, guys. Yeah. Yeah, but she thought he was going to go get drunk at a bar and be back the next day and not take off for a year. I'm just saying, really she, wide she, definition of consent. She, she could have stopped him. <laughs> Bubba was going to stop him. You know, that's his boy. But Bubba went and found him. Tell him about this baby and shit. You know. But <laughs> here I go with defending. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, Bubba. I, I love that guy. But, you know, they're, they're, probably, they're probably the most token black singers ever on, on screen ever. Especially during that, that studio scene. On the way to Jerusalem. On the way to Jerusalem. You know, to do that, that song. <laughs> Just uh, wow. Apparently, talking about the Yiddish really country. Like... What? There's so much Jew rock in this movie. It's amazing. There's Jerusalem, <laughs> and he's standing on the River of Jordan. Yes. It's great. That's how you sell. Like, Every like... Time I'm sorry. I say something bad about the movie. They put my hand down. My cat sitting next to me. She swats me. So apparently the cat was more into the movie than me. <laughs> oh, how I feel like Jazz Singer. I, I, I think it's a it's a great setup. They had to have some kind of plot in there. It can't just be Neil Diamond singing songs for two hours. Which I I, I wouldn't have I'd, a problem. Yes, it could be. I would have a problem with that. Let me let me let me I would not have a problem with that, but you know, as far as a movie goer goes, I think if you have somebody who's a, a Neil Diamond fan. And somebody who's not a Neil Diamond fan saying, let's go see the jazz singer, not a Neil Diamond fan. They don't have something else to keep them invested in the movie, which is, you know, this whole story about somebody who's basically 
disappointing his father, but not really, because there's a whole point in the film where he goes away, and then he calls uh, Ribby to, to, to come out to, to, to L.A. To, to come see him. Daddy has a, a, a seed of doubt saying, you know, why don't you support your husband, and yada, 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 yada. Maybe he didn't think it was such a bad idea. Because, you know, but then again, he has a real problem with it when she comes back and the whole thing next time. About, you know, I have no son because he tears his clothes and that's symbolic. I don't know why, but, you know, uh, maybe thought he I do like that. I, I like that moment where he's she's like, you know, what was that all about? And he's like, you know, they they tear their clothes when uh, when there's a when they're a death and. And she's like, who died? And he goes, I did. And I'm like... Well, it's, not like it's not like he knows the tailor. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, and you're right, Gary. When he, when he brings the subject to his father, at first his father's like, nope. But then he tells him, you know, well, it's, you know, it's for two weeks and this is what I want to do. And then he's like, oh, you know, okay. You know, I mean, he's... He, um... He's kind of resistant, but then I think he he ends up, you know, kind of realizing, well, if this is what you want to do, then, you know, whatever. I mean, it, he doesn't put up as much of a fight as I expected him to. And I, clearly not as much as she expected him to, because I think she was banking on his father keeping him. At that point, because the traditional, the, 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 the thing of tradition that the wife should be with her husband, and she didn't want any part of what he was doing, and so technically she, she's not supporting him, so... Enter the enter the shik the shiksa offered him his body, but he accepted a pizza instead. You know that that's that's a joke in that movie. <laughs> yeah. The shik the the shiksa, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I agree that 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 when he went away, you know that 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 was a a bad scene. But you know the the the, the scene where he comes back, I I think that it, it put him in in perspective for both of them, especially when he he came back. They were together. They have a child. They kind of have to be together at that point. It it, 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 it it seems like really weird in like a love story kind of way that, you know, oh, he left her. Fuck that guy. They made this baby and the, the, the generation is going to live on, although it's tainted now. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Their bloodline has been tainted by a shiksa, you know. And um, still, it's it's so important, like the family tradition. It's it hasn't happened in so long that what that uh, one of their one of their clan <coughs> has been saying at Yom Kippur. He he had to be there, and yeah, that deal and a lot a lot of stuff. You know, it, it's it's all it's all Neil. It's all predicated on. Do you believe Neil Diamond as his character is in there? Like I, I I put it to anybody who's listening right now, I, you you don't gotta say you're a Neil Diamond fan or a Neil Diamond person doesn't know the words of Sweet Caroline when they come pumping on the radio, or or at or at a bar, bar, or at a stadium, yeah. or anything, you know. No man, you can't you can't not love that song, but and, and sing along with it. You mean lying? My husband and I go to the track to watch the Kentucky Derby every year. Mm-hmm. And before the race starts, Sweet Caroline plays every single year. 
and everybody in their funky hats is singing and screaming. Hey, people call uh-huh. people call friends in low places the drunken white person song. I disagree. That's Sweet Caroline all day too. long. You know. That has too many. Yeah, words. I have been in. I when I used to throw competitive darts, I had been in many, 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 many bars, many, many, many nights, and is like the the great bringer together. Yes, um, there's a better word for that, but <laughs> and then bringer together. Yeah. I have not heard that band in years. I went to see them twice. Oh, yeah. I love still... that band. Yeah, I have too. They're still huge down here. Well, whenever Kevin Kenny comes to town, it's like, hey, let's go. I ran into Kevin Kenny at a liquor store in Athens uh, one time, and uh, nice guy. There's a shock. Real nice, real nice guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, whenever Straight to Hell comes on in a bar, it's the same thing. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, whole everybody. I mean, you could have had a big, yeah, big ass brawl in the bar, but um, one of those song, songs comes on, and everybody's best friends. It's just, you know, that's just the way it is. Have you ever noticed everything in this movie too happens at the last minute? It's like, oh, we got to do it tomorrow. You know, well, yeah. And, he's, he, even him leaving he, is pr- is predicated on Bubba's phone call. He's waiting for Bubba to call him. Does oh yeah, you got. I gotta, I'm supposed to be leaving tomorrow. Why well, you got Bubba's got a call, and then um, we need you to come sing for Yom Kippur. No, we got to do it tomorrow. You know, <laughs> God damn. Well, to be fair, Yom Kippur I, is 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 a scheduled date on the Jewish calendar. You know. Well, I know, I know, but I mean, it's it's which just makes it even worse. You knew it was coming. You know, <laughs> he's so wrapped up I his mean, own shit. You know, being being the 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 opener for this Z- Zady. Or a funny guy's name was Zany Gray. Zany Gray, who also rates westerns. Yes, your big. See, this is your big I thought shot. that was when they first mentioned, like you're going to be opening for Zany Gray. I thought that was like Zane Gray's daughter or something, who was like a singer. <laughs> and <laughs> well, Zany Gray had a full orchestra comic, but you know, there you go. We also believe that the Blues Brothers changed. In white suits for Minnie the Moocher, and then all of a sudden, they have a jazz singer. The songs, the songs really do. I mean, I am, I said's not in this song, but that's my, that's a personal favorite of mine of Neil Diamond's. Uh, repertoire that and Crunchy, that's a fun concert song that Neil Diamond does, and uh. But um, yeah. It's 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 all it's all enjoyable, but like X said, it's all cheesy, and you either like it or you don't. I recognize this is a bad movie, and Neil Diamond's performance is very like like X said, he's looking down the whole time. But you know, when he gets into those tunes, you you just forget all about it. You forget that he left his wife because he's singing. Watch that shit, man. I think she expected him to like blow off some steam and you know come back. I don't think she. I don't think she. He's he's all right. He's all right. You know. I mean, she said to Bubba, "Let him work it out on his own." You know, I think she probably figured he'd be home for dinner. That he was going to go get drunk at a bar, and then come right. back. 
Well, you need that, I guess. You know, you need to eat. All right. Uh, Ray it pisses me off how much I really loved this movie up until that point. Because <laughs> I can't. It's forcing me to. But it just because that pisses me off. But I really did. I was into this movie and I love Neil Diamond. So I'm going to say seven. Sweet. Suzanne. Back to certain times in my life. But I enjoyed the movie. I just that that one scene just takes me out of it. I give this like the, a the, six. The songs bring you back in for the slow. Oh no! Oh god! Oh, uh, <laughs> straight. Singing songs about the heart. That's good stuff. I've got straight out of the box. Yeah, I've... I don't do country. <laughs> I do certain country, and I don't do country past a certain time and uh like i don't do new country i don't have uh, but um yeah. old country i grew up with you know old country i do and 80s country i i i do um i love me some eddie rabbit you know big love urban cowboy oh i know You know oh, what's God. funny is I'm glad it's interesting that you say that because when the, when I was talking about Neil Diamond with the beard and the hat, it reminds he reminded me of John Travolta before yeah. Urban Cowboy. He actually uh, when does, he, doesn't he? Yeah, when he first got to Houston and he was um, uh, he was all bearded up and wearing the hat and everything, and I was like, uh, God, he kind of reminds me of that, you know? Uh, God damn it, I love that movie so much. That movie, golly, I could just quote the whole thing without so it's, help. My dad yeah. works So in. with that, that that bit that we all hate in the Jazz Center, would it have worked better if he had changed his name to Bud Rabinovich? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still I Only feel like her name was Sissy. I feel like they had they had more development for that even in Urban Cowboy. Like I think they tried a little harder in that movie. Now I, there was a there is a quick turn, you know, at the end there. But that that's kind of the kind of thing where you knew it was coming the whole time. You felt like they belonged together. You knew that's how it was going to end up. You were just waiting for it to happen. So okay, and and um, and Scott. Oh. Uh, his name Scott Scott Glenn. Holy cow, he is so good in that movie. At at God, he is such a badass in that movie. Oh my god, and he's wearing his mama's hairnet. <laughs> oh, and when he bites down on the worm in that bottle of mezcal, oh, I just I it makes me twitch. Oh, you women are gonna make me edit. Jesus Christ, but <laughs> 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 we're gonna. We're going to get into the last film, which is, oh, the one we're waiting for, Marathon Man, <laughs> right after this. You know when Craig T. Nelson I'm sorry, go ahead. bites the worm of mezcal on Poltergeist 2, that makes me twitch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but he pukes up a worm that's, what, a foot around? Yeah, but he gets yeah. all rapey first. 
Susan, I think I think you'll appreciate this. When I was at my wedding, I turned to Brian and I said, "My legs are sweating, Mama." <laughs> oh God! Drink your, drink your juice, Jamie. Drink and he was juice. he was like he was like what? <laughs> All right, I will be right back. Okay, we'll be right back right after this. Oh, Jesus, that was in the show? Yeah, I guess it was. That was good stuff. Well, there's a scene, I don't know if you remember, but there's a scene in Urban Cowboy where they're getting at their wedding, and it's when they're taking photos. And you hear her, it's just like a, like a montage thing. And then you hear her go, my legs are sweating, mama, while they're taking pictures. And I just I always thought that was funny. I've only seen it once, and I really haven't gone back to it since. Oh, man. It just wasn't Saturday Night Fever, so I didn't really go. It's a collection that includes those two. And there's a third movie in it, but I don't even know what it is because I don't. <laughs> those are the only two I keep going by that I've gone back probably to. Probably basic. Over over. It's probably Grease or per, uh, one of oh, those. Oh, you know what it is? It is Grease. You're right. It is Grease. Oh, so, yeah, if I have. It's, if it's not Grease 2, I don't want to hear about it. That's all I'm saying because, you know. No, it's Grease. And I love Grease, but for some reason. I don't watch it as, as nearly as much as I watch Saturday Night Fever or Urban Cowboy, which both of those I have watched within the past. Well, Grease well, Two, Grease Two yeah. beats all of those movies, so I don't want to hear otherwise. It's just, it's just true, you know. All right, I won't say it. It's, 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 it's like, it's like, it's <laughs> if like. You don't want to hear it. I won't. It's say like it, people but... that say that that Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It just is, and people won't get that, you know. Okay, sorry. He's going home to to, to to see his kids for the holidays. He happens to be going to his wife's Christmas party, you know, and then shit hits the fan. Hence, hey, are you talking about Die Hard? Yes. Giant yeah, because you know, you, you go away, we're talking about Urban Cowboy. You come back, we're talking about Die Hard. That's a natural progression. Don't you get it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I actually followed the, the the town, which is, wow, kind of scary. And also one of the best Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers episodes ever was the, the Die Hard musical one. Well, the Die Hard slash, slash Working Girl musical one. So good. <laughs> What's the what's the full title when they merge them together? X, I forget now. God, what is it? I think it's work hard or die trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, die trying. Or comma die girl. Trying. Yes, that's great. That's good. <laughs> Shit, Nakatomi, 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 Nakatomi. <laughs> yeah, that... Simon shows up in that episode. It's so good. That one of the Cleveland show Die Hard ripoff was kind of wonderful, you know. I don't like many episodes of Cleveland show, but that one and the one where they go to Ric Flair's summer camp was pretty spectacular. I just can't, I have not, I don't think I've ever been able to watch an entire. Well, just go, is dead. Go, go, go stick your, your feet. For years there. it's been dead. Go take your, your shoes off and make fists in the carpet with your toes and then dive right in, see. <laughs> Oh please, my yeah. soul has been dead for years. That works, yeah. But um, was that time? Is it safe? It is. It is safe, man. It's very, it's very safe. You know. Is it safe? It's also the. Oh, it's more pronounced in the R twenty three remix. 
Yeah, but my favorite Skinny Puppy song is Maggots. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> oh, God. I, I've seen Skinny Puppy like seven or eight times. My husband is probably the biggest Skinny Puppy fan on the planet. <laughs> that old Jew pig. <laughs> That's good shit. Oh, Sir Lawrence Olivier again as Zelda, which I didn't, I didn't count as but He has like the most smashing IMDb picture ever. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm that cool. He's getting like the, the people's eyebrow going on there, you know. It's good stuff. Roy Scheider, as I call him, Sexy Roy in this movie. Sexy oh, God, Roy. Yes. yes. William Devane is in this movie. I'm not hating those. I'm not hating him when he's doing those push-ups. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Fritz Weaver's in this movie, and, and tons of other folks. And, uh, who did I kick it to? You? Oh, next yet, X. Tell us what you thought about it, sir. With this being kind of the accidental Olivier episode, I mean, one of the big questions that we're dealing with is, is Lord or a better Jew? So based on the three movies that we've chosen, I'm going with Nazi, because Olivier is fucking creepy in this movie he's not just a nazi he's a nazi dentist just that concept alone is the fucking stuff of nightmares it's a shame that the movie that this character is built around is really kind of weak it depends really heavily on coincidences i can't even say that word oh god more rum please coincidences coincidences as my mother would say there you go um yeah, a lot of coincidences to make this thing move, move forward. And it also requires um, Babe, Dustin Hoffman's character, to do some stupid, st- stupid, illogical shit. So, like, okay, the bad guy, Lawrence Olivier, his brother drives into a fuel oil truck after getting into a road rage incident with angry not Jack Albertson. What the fuck? Yes. I ba- love that. I love it. I'm just... They're throwing oh, yeah. two old bastards throwing down in the middle of the street, <laughs> and the entire neighborhood looking on. <laughs> it's Pokey and the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cops are like, no, 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 just let him finish. You Nazi know? bastard. They're just talking. Uh, Babe's brother, Roy Shatter, flat out tells Babe that his girlfriend is like a lying spot. I or some shit, but she's the first one he calls when he needs help. I don't get it. The bad guys break into Babe's place and he like shatters the bathroom window to escape, but instead of going out through the window, he fucking just runs into the yeah. living room. That was dumb. the bad guys pick up. What the fuck? It's so At funny. the very least, he had a fucking chair in that room. At the very least, stand onto the side of the door with that chair and beat some motherfuckers when they come through it. You know, well, I'm not going to just run into them. Just, like, I'm just going to... But he literally does. He just runs up. He's like... Wah, he wah, playing... wah. Yeah, just, like he thought he was playing Red Rover or something. Like Just, <laughs> just break it over their head like they're going... <laughs> There are bad guys outside. Did the fly in? Flyers waited for the those guys on the roller skates Ugh, to say, okay. "Okay, you know they're gonna come to the bathroom eventually." <laughs> now they waited for him, and then they beat the <laughs> fuck out of him. You know, 
Well, they are on the they are on the diamond disc. When he's walking through, real fools. Decks. I you know. know they're in the diamond district, but I didn't buy. Do you seriously expect me to believe that William Rolling Thunder Devane could not take out five Devane? He could kill a state. <laughs> Sing state. it, brother. Sing it. Oh, oh at this point, from seeing this movie, because I haven't seen anything much. Of- uh, oh yeah, when day. he was like, I remember that movie so well. Can't Did tell you the name No. Okay, he so was, a lot Shannon Doherty was his daughter, and he was banging some young. Ch- only meet up on screen, and it's fine from there. Yeah, exactly right. What's that girl's name? Oh yeah, Suzanne. Oh, you remember my name now? Yeah, that's your name, isn't it, Suzanne? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Okay. Let me at least preface. <laughs> Let me at least preface this by saying I I am I can't stand Dustin Hoffman. Every single movie he's in, he irritates the living shit out of me. I mean, he, he I I've always found him to be either whiny, too whiny, or abrasive. Or both. Something's some telling me that might be just you. Uh, he was a whiny bitch in Kramer versus Kramer. He was whiny and abrasive in Tootsie. And this one, he's he's whiny. What keeps me in Marathon Man, even though the man is only in it for a short period of time, is Roy Scheider. Uh, don't you think the spy movie and for me it is a spy and there's a bunch of other stuff going on it's for me there's just i i just don't think as much as i enjoy it you could really cut out about 30 minutes of this movie the ending when once again, you have the man with the numbers tattooed on his wrist, recognizes him, and starts chasing him down. He pulls out that like wrist thing and cuts him. Great. That's one of my. That's probably my favorite scene in the entire movie, other than him whispering, "Is it safe?" Which I've mentioned. Skinny Puppy also sampled in my favorite Skinny Puppy song. I like the movie. I just. I really have a hard time watching anything with Dustin Hoffman in it. Hey, I really love this movie, and damn it for a kid, but okay. Um, I I don't know. I love Roy Scheider. I love William Devane. And is he a Kennedy? I swear to God, every time I see him, I, he looks like a Kennedy to me. And, and like, he should be. He's got to be related somewhere down the line. Um. I uh, got yeah the cast in this I think is just incredible I love the opening where we have just and you're right about the coincidences I mean it's you know we have this Nazi that we're following who just went to the safe deposit box and put some band-aids in his pocket and then um, handed him off very clumsily I mean not really band-aids but handed it off 
walking down the street and uh, which honestly to me was the clumsiest handoff I've ever seen ever. But um, then he gets into the car and then he gets into this like road rage battle with it just so happens to be a Jew. Uh, so you've got Nazi versus Jew, which is just, I think, brilliant for the the film. I mean, I, I love the hell out of it. It's just a fun moment for me watching them, just these two old bastards just throw down. And he's like, Judah! And he's like, ah, oh, you Nazi bastard! And he's like, you maniac! You know, and they're just... I, I call that the My Girl Bingo moment, you know. If, if, <laughs> if, if you were 200 years old, I'd kick your wrinkled ass. <laughs> So, yeah, and then they, of course, um, that all culminates into the fiery death of both of them, which I just think is, uh, it's kind of on the nose, but I just think it's great. And so then you've got Zell who comes, and, and what I think is interesting is that, yeah, you really don't know what's happening or why, or, like, you don't really know what the deal is until we get to the very end, and it's very simple. Like it's it it ends up being way simpler than you think it would be, and you're like, Got all of this for that, really? Um, but you know, eh, I'm okay. I like the intrigue. I like the history. And then the guy in the diamond store spots him because, yeah, I even had remarked before that to Brian. Uh, to Brian, I was like, the. Uh, district in new york that must be extraordinarily painful for him you know because <laughs> it's just i mean like he's you know he's got to be not i mean obviously he's a bastard but he's got to be just cringing like a son of a bitch walking walking through there because they're everywhere but um i i have one major issue with this and that is that Dustin Hoffman doesn't get doesn't take a handful of diamonds at the end because dude has some dental work he's gonna have to see to, and um, I think I wouldn't be walking out of there without at least at least a few, you know. I thought that too. I thought that too. I thought shit. Here's his opportunity to go like full on King Willy and Predator Two and have that goddamn diamond tooth, but no, he doesn't do it. And, and I'm guessing totally because he's a pussy. Awesome. I mean, I'm guessing it's, you know, uh, it's blood money, you know, uh, and he, you know, doesn't want any part of that or whatever. But I just, I've, I've never had a problem with that because <laughs> money doesn't. I like blood money. From, you know, money I'm good with blood money too. I, I'm fine. Right? I'm fine with it. And, and yeah. they're right there is a whole shitload. And speaking of which, I was crying out in pain when he is throwing the diamonds around at the end and he just keeps taking them throwing them handful at a time and I'm like, stop it you're fucking killing other shit that's in the briefcase throw the fucking patches or whatever the fuck that was right <laughs> leave the diamonds alone you bastard and then take the them diamonds, I mean you schmuck. uh some some uh silly you know when he <laughs> when he comes into work the next day um I want, well, he's going to find a dead Nazi, and that's not so hot, but he's going <laughs> to find some other cool stuff, so I think he's going to be all right. Uh, it just, yeah, I really do love this movie, though. I, I think it's, um, he does make some stupid decisions, like I said, with the, the guy. I agree with you, like, why would you open the door and run into 
the guys that you know are out there. Seriously, I'm taking that chair and I'm waiting by the doorway and let them walk in and I'll beat the shit out of them. That's what that's what's happening in this scenario. And there are more than one, so they may take me out in the end, but I'm not going. Uh, I love the scene where William Devane comes to save him. I mean, to me, it's a little transparent, but to him in that situation, I can see him going for. I mean, because otherwise, he just comes busting in like a superhero. Now, if he's, he's just if like he's working, stuff. if he's working for Zell, and he is. So spoilers if you ever seen Marathon Man, the movie's fucking. Why would he give up all this exposition like he's some kind of filthy Bond villain or something? You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because he's, I mean, he's trying to get him to talk and he thinks he can and uh, that's why he says when he walks back in he's like he doesn't know anything you know and then uh, but Zell which I think is a great line he's like you can afford you can afford to believe that but I can't it's like well now he does he knows he is not so now he knows everything <laughs> now he knows too much what what he says is uh, which I think is kind of great he's like yeah he doesn't know anything but he knows too much you know, and I'm like, that's, well, you just told him too much. That's why he knows too much, but okay. It always reminds me, or like, they, they kind of remind me of each other, boys from Brazil, because they kind of both end up in, in, at some point, in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. And What, what, what is that, like a water filtration plant or something he's in? Or, I don't even know what it is. Oh, at the very, at the very end? The... I, I don't is very Star Warsy to me. Um, it, it's reminiscent to me of the. I mean, just the the, the setting is reminiscent to me of the battle, the Darth Vader Luke Skywalker battle, and um, I love it when he. I love that wrist blade, oh, that's great. which only people in movies would have. I just think that's fantastic. Uh, and then when the fact that he falls on his own blade and takes him out, I like that. Um, at the end, when Dustin Hoffman tosses his dad's gun into the into the river, I'm thinking, how many guns are at the bottom of that river? You know, that just that, to me, I would just think that would be, I would just, out of curiosity, would like to know. <laughs> well, it is New York uh, City, so. Exactly. I mean, there's a, I feel like there's a lot going on in this movie. You've got a lot of things to follow, and you've got this whole thing with his dad and his, and which I don't even think is. I mean, I don't know. I, to me, talking about like the Nuremberg stuff, or what are they talking about there? Do you think there's just a lot of parts of it that just go nowhere? There's more. Yeah, there, there, there I is... honestly don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I guess maybe it's Nuremberg, but I don't. They never actually, unless I miss it, they never uh, actually no. say what he's innocent of. And so I spend the whole movie trying to figure out what is what is he innocent of, and they don't ever tell me. And so I don't feel like it goes anywhere. Yeah, there's got to because... be, be more in the book for that because there has to be because it's just it's just there otherwise with, with flashbacks yeah, and, it and just, stuff. Me, it doesn't really mean much of anything because you don't tell me what happened, so I don't get it. I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter. I but think anyway, what happened, I think mm-hmm. what happened is that his father actually left for a year to find himself and ended up in a country <laughs> bar. <laughs> Yeah, did, did he, singing "Springtime for Hitler" to a very appreciative. I 
I really love this movie. I love Lawrence Olivier in this movie. I love Roy Scheider in this movie. I love Hoffman in this movie. I just, I really love it. And I do agree with Susan. I think you can trim it. You could trim a huge chunk out of it. Part of it being, there are several storylines that don't go anywhere that you could trim out of it. But, um, and maybe make him a little less stupid. <laughs> because, yeah, that would yeah. help a lot. The girlfriend thing, I'm like, you just found out, okay, at dinner, you discovered that she was lying about being Swiss and says that she's, and so your your brother uncovers that she's German. Then you find out that your brother is a fucking spy, basically. And then you find out that, you know, there are all these Nazis after you. I mean, and you're like, oh, my, you know, my girlfriend. What? Again, t- to be fair, he finds all this out after he finds out his brother's dead and yada, yada, yada. Because it's clear, like, his brother's like a man of the world. But he probably thinks that's all he is. Like he's this great, or this this really rich oil man who like goes from country to country and does things. But he doesn't know yeah, he's, he's, he's like point... an ex. He doesn't know he's like an expert about interrogation. You know. Yeah, but at the point where he goes to her for help, he is already aware of everything that's happening, and yes. he knows who his brother is. He knows who these people are. He knows why they're after him, or rather, he knows that they're after him, and. Yet he still goes to her for help. I don't, I, I don't think I would have done that. You know, I think I probably would have put things together a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, I, there are a lot of problems here. But I still, I think it's legendary for a reason. And if that, honest, to be 100% honest, most of that reason is Lawrence Olivier. Because his, um, that's the one scene that everybody knows. That's the one scene that everybody talks about. And even if they've never seen the movie, they know about that scene. So, um, and you can, chances are, you can say, or at least someone of our generation, I don't well, well, the way to someone and not. say, is it safe? And they'll know what you're talking about. So, or not at all. Or they might think you're, they might think you're quoting Lord of the Rings. They, I don't they, know. they know the line, but they don't know the film kind of deal. Yeah. You is know. it secret? Is it safe? <laughs> I mean, because if you watch that scene... Yeah, there's not many films today that would be filmed like this, especially that scene there. Because if you you film this today for people, these kids have to see the, like the the drill going into the mouth and yada yada yada. What they do is they cut away into like a shadow, and all of a sudden you hear Dustin Hoffman scream, that that or that exposed nerve, and you can feel his pain without seeing him drill into his mouth. And you, you oh, could, yeah. but now it would just be like, you know, you'd have, you'd have to show it now to, to these people. But. Yeah, honestly, it doesn't work on me. And that's because I have no fear of the dentist. This is better. The last time I went to the dentist, they were just like, ah, you're. Pain tolerance when it comes to dentistry. I don't know why. I don't know. But I always have. I actually have. Gone through, uh, when I was a kid, I went through um, a root canal with no anesthesia. And that was because they thought they had put, they had done the anesthesia and they hadn't. And I was too, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to make them feel bad. (laughs) Have you ever had a a, a dentist uh, attempt to hurt you on purpose though? Like he knows all the right ways to hurt you and you know. I haven't. Yes. But what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. not not feel like it, Suzanne, intentionally to try to get information out of you, you know. 
I know, and but well, all I'm saying is that it that I don't have that fear, so it doesn't work on me just on that level, mm-hmm. you know. But I get it, uh, and I understand why it's a legendary scene. I understand why it's so frightening the concept of it, but it just doesn't frighten me, you know, because that's the one thing that doesn't, or you know, there are other things that would work on me that one that just doesn't, but. You know, anyway, yeah, it's a, but the film is, is a legend and I can totally see why. So, can, and I like I it. Ask I've Susanna, liked. Yes. Suzanne, you were talking about how this movie could stand to be trimmed a good 20 minutes. Now, with the exception of Jaws, don't you think that's the case with like every single Roy Scheider movie? I mean, um, they like the could seven. make Sorcerer an hour longer, and I would still be in. I was wow, because that beginning to me is like too long. When oh. she said she watched every single Roy Scheider movie 10 to 15 times, I was thinking, does that include 2000? 2010. 2010. Uh, 2010. I like that movie. So could Jaws 2, so could Sorcerer, so could the 7-Ups, for crying out loud. So I don't I know. Like I just didn't know how you felt about that. A lot. I do I, too, I, but I still. It's not even a Roy Scheider that movie, but it's that same smell. smell. I don't know. There's just something about Roy Scheider. I absolutely love his. Just mesmerizing about him. Hell, I would watch Blue Thunder on a 24-hour loop if I possibly could. It's better than Firefox. I have that on Blu-ray. I fucking love Blue Thunder. Hell Oh, God, yes. I know. It takes him an hour to get to the fucking helicopter. It's Howl now. Fox. I was like, no, I'm okay. But there, like I said, there's just something... I can't explain it. You know, my two favorite actors to watch are him and George C. Scott's. Well, yeah, I'm going to get real steamy. I yelled, no, I'm going to talk about the film. Oh, I love okay. George C. Scott. I'm going to get real steamy on you guys now. What about that freaking assassination scene? Well, attempted assassination scene. With the assassin, with Roy, with his boxers on. You know, with, with the piano wire. I, I, love, I love classic guys who come at you with piano wire, for one thing. That's like one of my favorite things in the world. It's like such an old school tool to go up to somebody with. Yeah, uh, but incredibly effective. That, that fight is yeah, but, pretty awesome. Well, why was Blofeld mad at him? Mm-hmm. I didn't care. That's like a straight up, that's straight up <laughs> bomb. Right I want to know what that baby doll bomb was supposed to do because that wasn't that was nowhere near the car. So, what was the point? Of that? It's like, it's like, we got we got we got that made. Let's use it. Come on now. It's a boom, blow up a doll. That's it. You know. I think there was a garbage strike going on, wasn't there? Maybe they were just trying yeah. to blow up all the trash. They mentioned that. Well, and that... I was like, God damn it, all the trash. And friends like, it was probably a garbage strike. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, garbage strike. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, God. I just did it again. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will get that reference. But, yeah, I, I really like this film. I, I really like the desperation of, of Dustin Hoffman's character. And uh, I love that they got so much time, but he, he lived 13 years after this movie was, was done filming. And uh, this was a yeah, great performance by him. Great bad guy. Great bad guy of weapons. I love great, great bad guy 
bad guy and bad guy accessories because that 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 in the sleeve thing you gotta wear a long oh, coat that I was, guess. oh that was magnificent i don't know if it's spring-loaded or it's got a slide to it or something i don't know but you know one thing i didn't i didn't understand me yeah, could be next time with this off air actually that the part where he's getting ready to leave south america and he's cutting his own hair I, I refuse to believe that uh, amongst the country of, of uh, in, in wherever he was, there wasn't somebody that could cut this incredibly rich guy's hair because he had the the Jew diamonds for days, you know, and I'm sure he was very well off at that point. And, um, yeah, he's just cutting his own hair. You know, like, that's what my daddy used to do when he, he couldn't afford a haircut. I'm like, no, this is, this is fucking Nazi diamond merchant Zell. He doesn't need somebody, to, he don't need to cut his own hair. You know, it's a real small thing in the film, but yeah that electric razor in the bath the bathroom and the plane like yeah gotta make this thing smooth smooth <laughs> oh yeah Roy Scheider like I said sexy Roy doing them push-ups and making sex sounds really by doing the push-ups he, he was fine for the short time he was in the film but guess what guys he dies you know yeah I know and that's so sad yeah like I mentioned before, I like the end set piece to where they have the showdown where D- Dustin Hoffman, Babe, Babe, I love you, has the diamonds, and he's uh, got him by the balls, basically, in this thing that has grates where he could dump all these little diamonds down the grates, and yeah. A fool and his diamonds are soon parted. Um, like you guys said, it, it, it could be cut. The, the movie's an hour and 25 minutes long. And there's some stuff in there, like the part with the neighbors who've been ri- who've been ripping on. Wait, Babe. that's it. It's it's only a it's only an hour and twenty. I mean, 125 minutes, so it's two hours and five oh, minutes long. I'm Jesus sorry. Christ. Yeah, because I'm like no, two hour hours and, and a half would have been the perfect. Two hours time. and five minutes long. Yeah, the part with the neighbors who've been ripping on him like the whole movie, like joking with him and fucking with him. The part where he makes them help him out to go get his father's gun out of the apartment and shit. Why would they even help him? I don't even know why they would help him. They've been like making a joke on him throughout the whole film. And Quake, where where he's in the National Guard and everybody keeps making fun of him because he's a gun nut. But then towards the end, you know, he just like shoots everybody who's <laughs> ever made fun of him. Okay. So why am I have not heard in forever, Marjo? I love Marja. Bobby Joe and the Outlaw forever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, became, it could have been cut for some some stuff. Even the stuff with the with, with his well, little. Who takes seventeen people to rob a place anyway? I mean, an apartment. I mean, don't I mean that's just weird. Get all of them together to to you know get a heavy rep. You know they write about this. They write about their raids to the paper. Man. They do, you know. Mm-hmm. Warriors, I did it again. See, I remember the other films. But yeah, I I, I like I like to read the book one of these days to see you know what some more stuff was all about because it was it really left it open ended, especially that his whole college career or whatever he's doing to clear his father's name of whatever he was was doing and. And, um, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Con- Talking about McCarthy, McCarthy, McCarthy. 
Right. So his father had to have been like blacklisted or blackballed, accused of being a communist, something like that. Yeah, it would make sense. But um, yeah. It, yeah, that's my guess. It, it and because yeah, he keeps bringing it up. Man, you know, McCarthyism is central to. It is central. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. Yeah, I, I you know it, it can be cut like we said, and that, that that hurts. That doesn't really hurt the film. It just it makes you wait a little longer for stuff to happen, in my opinion, and all of our opinions basically. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it at that, and I'm gonna say, uh, Suzanne, not Susan. Her name not Susan. Her name is Suzanne, obviously. Uh, my cousin is Suzanne. <laughs> What is your rating for Marathon Man? I know I sound like I'm bragging on it, but I really, I do enjoy it. There are so many scenes that are just pivotal, that are just burned in your memory. Like Roy Scheider doing push-ups. But I do, I really enjoy it. I'm, it's solid, I'm, I'm eight. Okay. Even though I don't like Dustin Hoffman, because I, All right. Uh, it's still an eight. eight. I'm right there. I say eight as well. Okay. X. And it's just because of the hilarious coincidences that make this movie go forward. Just some stuff I, I just get past. I don't know why I'm so willing to give the jazz singer a pass, but not this or Boys from Brazil. But I don't know. This is this is only a six for me. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, cl- classic cinema. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna in, for for a lot of reasons. You know, score is really great. I didn't mention score. It really really fits well in this film. But uh, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a seven. I'm right right in the middle with you guys there, and uh, say it's a recommend. But like I said, like we said, like we said, it's a lot of slow parts in there that may take other film goers out of the film. But uh, with that, speaking of score, I think I forgot to mention that Goldsmith did the score for Boys from Brazil. Yeah, you you are a Goldsmith fan. I know. I know. I am a huge Goldsmith fan, and I totally forgot to bring that up. You just Jamie Jenkins that score. See, I did. I did. That's a that's a first time, folks. You know, <laughs> and I did it here. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh my god! But we'll be right back after this. Sure, I could talk about Jim Neighbors. I think. So. Oh, didn't somebody else die too? Oh, I just can't recall who that was. Nobody's dropping like flies. I don't even know who's Charles alive or Manson. dead. What now? Well. That's going to be a hard one. That would be a hard one to push. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that film's called Obsessed from 1992. Okay? It's a TV yeah. movie. And, yeah, uh, Shannon Doherty is the girl he's banging. He has a daughter. And Okay. I knew there was a daughter and he was banging yeah. someone. Yeah. Okay, cool. I remember that he's one. He's banging Shannon Doherty. He has a daughter. His daughter doesn't like her um, because they're like, you know, and it's great. Yeah, I remember watching that. Honestly, I watched it, I think, on Lifetime after Melrose Place. Yeah. 
which is making me feel really old right now. And guess what? It's on YouTube, people, for you guys to watch for free. Yeah, yeah. I actually watched it on YouTube. Uh, a friend of mine's dad produced I don't want to see that again, so I watched it on I YouTube probably about a year ago. Dave, the, the, the one lady, Lo Lois Child, uh, <laughs> the woman in the Hitchhiker segment of Creepshow 2. Creepshow you know? 2? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, thanks for the ride, lady. $3,000, Mrs. Lansing. I mean, like, just like he drove it off the showroom floor, you know. Yeah. $150. That's six orgasms. That's not bad, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Man whores. Let's get into this now. Go back in three, <laughs> two, one. And now, for, and then I think this one. Watch TV in the past. I don't know, 50 years. I've never seen the Andy Griffin show. Jim Neighbors plays um, gas station attendant Gomer Pyle on the show. Or he... Gomer Pyle USMC. Yes, after that he had his own spinoff, yes. and He was also a singer. Yes, a singer, definitely. And he was, uh... Uh... He, he preferred the same sex, and that didn't come out till way later. And, uh, that, that I, no, nobody really knew that until... He was finally be able to be with his partner in the le in the legal sense. I'm sure he's with the carnal sense for a long time, but you know, uh, yeah, that 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 was something, you know. And uh, he was somebody that was uh, always there f for me as far as on, on reruns on like Channel Nine after school. And, uh, he was much more than Barty Fife to me. And so I I'm gonna kick it to somebody else. Um, Suzanne, you got any good Jabers memories you want to even lay out for us? I remember my grandparents, you know, when I got my first record player, I was, I was really young. And I remember, you know, grandpa's like, well, you can go through these records and you can pick a few to go play. And I remember one of them was a Jim Neighbors record. Cool. Uh, Jamie. <laughs> That's funny because what I'm a Neighbors album that she played all the time. <laughs> and, uh. And, of course, I grew up watching Andy Griffith and Gomer Pyle. And I just recently went all the way through Andy Griffith, every single episode. And um, I talked about doing that when I, was, when I was doing it a couple times on this show. And I, to be honest, I thought we lost him a long time ago. I did not realize he was still alive, and it being a while ago. So... That kind of surprises me, but I was all, I always like, he was, he was, you know, he had a charm about him, you know, and like an innocent, really personable. Yeah. That's just how, you know, every time I watched Gomer Pyle or Andy Griffith, he was just, you know, a really warm, friendly character. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't, I, I don't know. He felt like one of those people that would really just be like that. And, yeah. and he had this crazy deep singing voice oh my lord like if you watched gomer pile and then he had this like well golly and then like you heard him sing you're like what the fuck <laughs> it, was, it was wow i like i did not expect that to come out of him but uh yeah anyway so yeah that's sad how old was he he had to be in his 80s 90s i thought he was in his 90s i'll look it up real fast uh i could buy it yeah i could buy that 92. I'll kick it down. Well, maybe. Let's see. 
I'll look it up mm. right now. I got my IMDb open. I think he was probably in his 20s, late 20s in Andy Griffith, and that was in the 60s. Close. But uh, X, any Jim Neighbors memories you'd like to share? You know, what's weird, my grandmother, besides the classical music albums that she had, because she was a piano teacher, she had two. One was Up With People, and if you don't know what that is, look that shit up, because (laughs) good God. But it was Up With People, and then this Jim Neighbors album with him on the front in like this weird (laughs) Olin Mills pose. Background, I think. Yes, and he yes, had like yes. one arm. Holding, <laughs> just yeah, like no microphone, own. and it's, it's just. Was it like the side view? No, it was a front view because he was smiling. I remember him smiling. So I don't know. Maybe it was like a Did greatest hits. Did we all have the same grandmother? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Gr- my grandmother thought me to appreciate the Dago crooners, not so much Jim Neighbors, but you know. I didn't get into Al Martino until way later. If you want to ask me about Frankie Valli or, uh, you know, Louis Prima, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm oh all there. God, you know? that explains your love for Jersey Boys. Mm-hmm. I like Jersey uh, Boys. Hey, 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 you lose oh, Guinea's street okay. cred, in my opinion, if you don't appreciate Frankie Valli, okay? I'm just throwing it out there. All right, that's that's fair. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of gym neighbors when I was growing up, it was always hilarious to be the dichotomy of how he seemed on Andy Griffith to his singing voice. I was like, one of those is because f- fuck, you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't do that. But yeah, just uh, I liked I liked um, hearing him sing better than I liked watching him act. So yeah, that's a that's a big loss to people who never actually sang opera. Yeah, yeah, I said my piece about that, but I think I'll, I'll stop the death segment here because we ran incredibly long today. And that's not necessarily. I don't a bad care, thing. I, dude. No, no. Give me five minutes. Okay. I have, I have something I want to talk about real quick. Go for it. So man. today, today we found out that August Ames passed away, and if you don't know who she was, she was a porn star. Um, and I don't give a fuck about her occupation or what she did. She tweeted out like three days ago from what I've read that she did not want to have sex with either gay men or the gay for pay dudes who do porn because she was afraid of contracting HIV. Well, the assholes on 4chan started bullying her online and today she killed herself. Wow. So there's a lot to be said here, right? So there's a lot to be said here about online bullying And it's something that is a real serious issue. And it's, you know, it's easy to say, fuck it, just, you know, man up and take that shit. But when you start hammering on somebody who may already have depressive issues and you try intentionally to push them over the edge, then you are a murderer. That's how I feel. I just don't. I don't I understand the need. I don't understand the need people have to fuck with people until they feel like they have no recourse but just to end it. She was 23. She was 23 fucking years old. And that to me is just that is just horrible. That That's a waste of life. You would gang up on somebody who's 
It is. And you know what? She, fuck, you're, you're barely a kid at 23. Who the fuck was an adult at 23? I don't know. Oh, I sure as shit wasn't, you know? So that's terrible. And I think, uh, well, obviously, you, you know what I think. I think people should fucking be nice and have goddamn manners and listen respectfully to other people's opinions and not be dicks on the internet because shit like this happens. And it's, it's just incredibly sad to me. So there, there you go. Why not Stanley? Why August Ames? Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Um, that's, I don't know this person or even what she, you know, what she's done as far as like, besides the fact that she's a porn actress, but that's, that's, that that, that doesn't take away the fact that she's a human. No, I know it. Ha- it happens to a lot of people, though. Which is, just, you know, people can be cold and ugly. But then I, a lot of people hide behind the internet to just be an asshole. Doesn't matter if you're invested in it or anything. But this, and there's no recourse. That's the thing that pisses me off is there's absolutely no recourse. It's true. Cause you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't like go in the phone book and look up Kermit fucker six. So, and it's, it's, it's cowardly. Oh, it's extremely cowardly. Speak up when I'm in public, but if I don't agree with something I read, I'm not even going to waste my time. Because those arguments are best left for face-to-face. Yeah, I typically keep my shit to myself. Um, on You know, as far as, like, commenting on posts and stuff like that, I don't even get involved with that. But, you know, give me give me a soapbox and I'll, I'll let you have I'll an earful. Oh, yeah. I don't hide behind but the internet. I did not know. I knew that this was happening. I did not know that she killed herself. I hadn't heard that yet. But that... Um, uh, you know, my whole, I don't ever hear the news until like eight o'clock at night. So, um, I, I'm surprised that the entire thing has been pretty positive as far as one, she's been getting a lot of support from people who were like, Hey, you have every right to, to, to make choices that you think are better for your body, whatever. No one can tell you who to have things like, you know, all the women that I work with or none of the women that I work with do uh, have sex with crossovers just because we, you know, or try to take these extra steps or whatever. And however you feel about what she said or not, she seemed to be in an okay place about it. Like she was taking it on the chin. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Sorry. Uh, she was taking it pretty well. What these get, what these people were saying to her, and she seemed to have a lot of support. So I'm really, it kind of surprises me that this was how it ended up because I didn't see her attitude heading that direction. It just didn't. I I'm actually genuinely shocked by that. Well, and it's like very it, sad. So. It's sad because she was very young, and you know. And Canadian, and you know how polite those people are. I mean, that's not even a fucking right. stereotype. It's just that's how that culture is. You know, and at one so, point, yeah, I mean, she even said, um, you know, somebody said, you know, just two words, say I apologize. It's that easy or something like that. It was like, you know, it's not that hard. Just say you're sorry. And she was like, you look, I don't have anything to apologize for. You know, I mean, it's just, this is the way I feel. You know, I'm not going to apologize. So it just seems like she was... You know what I mean? Like she was grounded in her fuck off. This is what I feel about it. You know, fuck y'all. And 
So it really, that shocks me. It makes it kind of extra sad to me, you know, because she was, she held on for so long and she was being so like uh, strong about it. So what the hell happened to flip that switch and make her turn to the point where she would commit suicide? You know, that's, I mean, that, that to me is what's scary about it because what, you know, what did someone do? Pressure. And according to people who knew her, she had depressive episodes. Anyway, I mean, you think we're shocked. Jesus Christ, her husband's just a fucking wreck right now. So, you know, and, and you forget people like that are, are married and they have home lives, you know, because they're, they've yeah. basically think- made a career out of being objectified a human being. And ugh, that's horrible, too. Ugh, this whole thing is. Yeah, just you take a shower, you go home, you feed your kids and your husband or your wife. Right. And if anything I've ever said has been addressed, and if you have anything to say, come knock on my door. She'll be waiting, You'll be waiting for, for the. <laughs> God damn it, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make a funny out of this. Come on, man. You know, like. You know, when I was writing uh, and I thought I wasn't. I pseudonyms i'd hide behind and i'm like you know what you're not perfect sometimes you're gonna write bad so what so nothing i've ever written is hidden behind a pseudonym anymore if it sucks aren't good but somebody liked them enough to publish but i don't hide anymore no you shouldn't no sense no sense in it yeah i'm I'm gonna gonna make a Often, I feel bad about myself sometimes, you know, and and I made, you know, I, I would call it, a, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but I, I laid it out there because Dee Wallace, who's a an actress that we all know, she's a she's also a spiritual healer, if you will. She's all into chakras and shit like that. But she did a Facebook Live event, and I I laid it quite. She's like, oh, tell me, about you. unless you want Dee Wallace to get real on you. And, t- and call you out of your shit, you know. Don't don't lay a question out to D. Wallace because she 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 called me on a lot of my shit, and I it took me like a day to recover from, from my D. Wallace experience. But let me tell you, I feel a lot better about myself for that. You know, I, 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 I wish you know our our friend Johnny, we love you, Johnny Krug. She has a show every Sunday morning at, at nine nine a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Called Conscious Creation. You can openly call in D. Wallace, talk to you about stuff, and re- positively, but really laying in India at the same time. So it's it's really wonderful. So my rec- recommendation: check check that out, and maybe she'll be able to help you out a little bit. You know, oh. so, somebody to talk to. I love her. I didn't know that about her. Yeah, she's it's, it's it's really great. You know, like I said, she called me out of my shit, and you know, like I love her for that. You know, <laughs> I love D. Wallace anyway. But, you know. She's mind blown there, you know. But do you feel like that you you were helped? Yes, yes, and that's that's the best part about it. Like I said, it took like a day to recover, but you, yeah, it, I felt like it helped me. You know, I'm not going to make changes today, but changes in the future are imminent. I'm sure. Oh, I'm going to leave that D Wallace Stone thing out there right now, and I'm going to. But it's been a it's been a been a good show, and uh, I'm going to say thank you to. for coming on the show 
Thank you for having me. Oh, for sure. Anything you would like to pimp, uh, go ahead and do that right now. Um, the NFW podcast, and occasionally I'll even pimp your shit. The two drink minimum. Yay! Be happy and... trust me. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Jamie, the Jammins. <laughs> well, we've got a couple of ABCs that are going to be coming out soon, which I'm excited about. And, um, but I mainly, I want to thank Suzanne uh, for coming on. And I feel like I always enjoy it when I record with you, and it really has not been enough. And, uh, I mean, it's almost a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like that's an issue, and uh, I want to rectify that in some way. Um, so, just so you know, I always love it when you're on or when I get to chat with you. So I appreciate you being here. Oh, and, thank um, you. Um, and um, let's... episodes always being pumped. We're gonna we're after the Walking Dead mid season finale is when we're gonna be doing the next episode of that. So until then, uh, we've got some ABCs coming out and, um, uh, I just did the, um, uh, the, um, the Flanagan's episode of the podcast under the stairs it's very good. with Duncan and Bo. And that's where we ran through all of Mike Flanagan's films. And that was a really fun show to do. So, um, I enjoyed the hell out of that because I love I love Mike Flanagan. So uh, check that out if you're a Flanagan fan, or if you don't know who he is, check it out and you'll find out. So um, name one movie he did. Oculus. Gerald I liked Jane. everything he. Okay, I I did Oculus. This yeah. Oh, Absentia. That's how I know that name. It was fantastic. So um, yeah, he's uh he's he's my heart. I love the guy. Um, anyway, and I guess that's about it. For me. Cool. Jeff X. The people in our Facebook group shows the Mothman Prophecies, which is a Christmas movie, goddammit. So I hope you'll dig that when it drops. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on intense amounts of caffeine and amino acids. Find me. Follow me. Call me Belinda. Can I call you maybe? <laughs> yeah, my number. That's crazy. Can I call you Al? <laughs> Guard. I'll be your long-lost pal. I'll continue that, but I'm not going to, you know. (laughs) Turned out pretty grand, and I'm I'm expecting the rest of the show to go the same way, but, you know, prospects, execution, you know, shit happens. Two at the same time. Bless you, D. Wallace. But, um, yeah, two drink minimum commentaries is uh, to come back again as soon as I get... Probably next winter because I'm I'm gonna do it once a year. Town and your your holiday uh, enjoyment and for that. Um, since I've been here a podcaster, but it, you know a boy can dream. I thought I was gonna stink up the show, but uh, I I didn't. I guess I guess I did okay. We did a Asian film called Peking Opera House, which is uh, is when the episode drops and. Uh, yeah, check that out. Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. GGTMC.com is the website for that. And on your on any of your pod catchers, check out that show. And um, we'll see you guys all again, where we'll be joined by 
Doug Tilly and Liam O'Donnell. Eric Roberts is the fucking mad podcast where we're going to cover three Shane Black either written or directed films in an episode titled I'm Bleeding for a Black Christmas. But for now, we'll see you all next time. And here at the Cindy, always here at the Cindy Podcast, where if you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. Shabbat shalom, motherfuckers. Shabbat shalom, motherfuckers. <laughs>